And now, from a butane lighter refill station at Sunset Junction in beautiful Hollywood, California, comes an assault on stupidity. Welcome to the All Out Assault on Stupidity and Bullshit Empty Minds Radio. This is episode 562. We once again are coming to you sort of kind of roughly from, you know, the Sunset Junction. Kind of sort of roughly from Hollywood, but not really. I'm Tom. I'm Paulie. What's up, Paul? Well, like you said, we're kind of sort of in Hollywood, but we're kind of not. I think it's a neighborhood known as Silver Lake. Silver Lake. Sunset Junction. Yeah. So yeah. it's on Sunset Boulevard, but there's no stars running around, you know. No, there are. It's not like 1942 where, you know, there's big bands and shit on the corner of Hollywood and Vine and everybody's really happy to be here. And there's orange groves as far as the eye can see. If you, if you want to get like a gyro sandwich or some crack cocaine, you're in luck. Hey, we saw uh, older than normal Joaquin Phoenix earlier. That was kind of cool. Do you think that was him? Uh, it sure looked a lot like him. I didn't, it really did. I, I didn't think it was him. That was over in Los Feliz, and and I um I didn't think it was him, but it could have been. The happy well, it was over in the happy. Yeah, it was in the happy, and I I went back to check, and I have confirmed that it wasn't him because the, the that guy was eating a lot of bacon, and Joaquin would not do that. Plus, you probably wouldn't sit on a, on a sidewalk cafe with all kinds of passersby. People would stop and say, "Hey, you were the Joker." He was surrounded. He was surrounded by ladies. Yeah, well that 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 doesn't surprise me, but yeah. Anyway, so so that's that. What's up, Polly? What have you been up to in the last oh mm, hour? Well, <laughs> well, let me see what happened. We we went to a bookstore in the Happy, and then we decided to get a drink at uh, the Dresden Room. The Dresden Room where they shot Swingers. Yeah, of course. And I got a sidecar. First time I ever had a sidecar. That's a good beverage. First time in your life ever. Yeah, I never had a sidecar. <sighs> They make a mean Manhattan over there, too. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I was impressed. And then we went to the Tonga Hut in North Hollywood. Yeah, we did. Oh, you went to a tiki place. That's interesting. That's, That's unusual. Yeah. Isn't it, <laughs> it doesn't happen all that much. That's the colonel, by the way. Okay, you're hearing the colonel. Y'all know the colonel. Yeah, you know the colonel from from, from weeks uh, prior. And and then we went to the... We, I got a Navy grog at, grog. at, the, uh, at the Tonga Hut. Lush. In North Hollywood. And then we... That was we, a tasty. Then we, we got here as fast as we could. And so here we are and... We're from Sunset Junction, and we're... That's like five drinks mainlined into your veins, you know. Yeah, but I drink half of his, so it's like seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's you know they're, they're, they were fairly weak, though, Colonel. It's not as though I'm going to be... No, they're... No. I'm not going to be... No. I'm not going to be doing no. flips off of... No, they were, they were not weak at all. They weren't weak. And I, I gave you... No. And I gave you half of mine because I had to drive. And you slammed it. You sl- You drank like eight shots of booze in like three minutes. Well, then I must be. Uh, I must be a fucking drunk because I don't really feel it all that much. You know, maybe that's the deal. Maybe you're a professional like Kelsey Grammer showing up on Cheers, totally trashed, but suddenly you're Fraser Crane and you're just doing it. I suppose so. You've been doing this a while. How long have you been doing this, Paul? Polly, Paul, eleven years. Yeah, something like that. Eleven years. More than eleven. Yeah, been a little over. Years, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess I'm a professional. Yes, indeed. Um, be sure to check us out on EmptyMindsRadio.com, the great internet archive at archive.org. Go on Twitter and Facebook. Catch us through the RSS feed via your favorite podcatcher. Links to those are on every single page of our website. We're on RenegadeRadio.com. Renegade has two A's, latest 10 episodes. 
can be found on Spotify, and uh, we're on podmn.com. And if you need to contact us for any reason, it's the EMR Assault at Gmail. Dot com. Uh, last week, we uh, we promised you um, my buddy Perry DeMarco, and uh, I'm, I'm, I don't want this to sound like a slam, but I'm, I'm explaining. Uh, Perry could not make it because of uh, circumstances current. We've got an awesome guest that is filling his shoes tonight. I just uh, I just met this man uh, last week. Arthur, Arthur Script Supervisor. Arthur, what's happening? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm well. Excellent. Happy to see you all. Good to, good to have you here, man. Thanks for driving over. Yeah. How, how far are you from the Tonga park. Hut? Parking, that's the problem. Parking is shit. Yeah, parking is shit. Uh, yeah, we could have coded you in the back, but we weren't even sure it was going to work for us. It didn't last week. So the codes are working better this week. And uh, and you actually, you, you you live in North Hollywood, don't you? Don't you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Been there okay. for some time. Okay. Do, you, do you go to the Tonga Hut? I was going to say, I love the Tonga Hut. Yeah, it's okay. one of my, I love it's it too. One of my faves. Uh, tiki Bar is actually in L.A. Yeah, it's the oldest one in L.A. Okay. Well, yeah. interesting, uh, that Tonga Hut. It, it opened in the 60s, and then in the 80s, it was gutted and turned to shit. They kept yeah. the name Tonga Hut, but they got rid of all the uh-huh. stuff that made it the Tonga Hut, and then just about 10 years ago, somebody turned it all back. Came in with their own recipes, yeah. Came in with their shit, fixed it up. <laughs> they are expanding, and they know and they also have, as of 2015, they have a Palm Springs location. Do they? So they're doing all right over Which there. I've been to, and it's it's cool. Yeah, it's a neat place. Uh, we, Paul and I locked out. They just, just opened indoor access again yesterday. Oh. I didn't, yeah, I had no idea it was that recent. Now I want to go. Because I walked in and I said <clears throat> to the general manager, I was like, where's, where's the waterfall? Why is it not spilling like usual? And she goes, because it's been off for 14 months and we just opened up yesterday. I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. You get a pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what the what the listener might not know is that uh, Arthur and the Colonel and I go back uh, quite a ways. Yeah, how many years? Um, fuck, uh, 30, mm. 37. A ways. 37 years, if you can believe that shit. 37 years. 37 years. Yeah, met, met in the fall of 84, I believe. Just imagine back to the future. That's about it. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, yeah. right around there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. all met at uh, UCLA. Now and you, but you've you've uh, seen Arthur more recently, excluding last yeah, week. I, I would say probably about three years ago was the most recent. Okay, Colonel, how long has it been since you've seen Arthur? Well, I, yeah, a long time. Long time. What? When you moved to? Well, when I moved to Minnesota was over twenty nine years. So it's, it was like at the King's Head or whatever. Yeah, the King's Head. Saying, gu- saying goodbye to him <sighs> might have been it. It might have been it. Yeah, yeah. so that's twenty nine. That's over twenty nine years. That's we a long took time. some road trips back then. Yeah, we yeah, were, we, were, we were adventurers. That's right. You're still taking road trips. Yeah, yeah. But he does it on a bike now. Yeah, yeah. He rides to Canada. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you inspired me to go out and have adventures. You know. Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good to hear. Yeah. Good to see you. Yeah, it's great seeing you. I'm changing the name of the show to Learned Inspirations. <laughs> Learned Inspirations. Learned Inspirations. Learned Inspirations. Brought to you. So, so we got Arthur. We got, of course, the Colonel. As you've uh, been hearing, what's new, Colonel? Well, you, I just spent several days with the two of you. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah we were up uh, up in the high desert. Yeah, and, yes. And well, we were up La, in Vegas, Las Vegas, Las Vegas. Yeah, and there's a hell of a tiki bar in Las Vegas called uh, Frankie's Tiki Room. Oh, it's a bomb. Yeah, I could. Yeah. Uh, I, I swear to God, I could live there, and I'm glad I don't. I have lived there from time to time. Yeah. I did spend uh, three whole nights in a row there one time. It's dangerous when a bar does not close. 
That's dangerous. Yeah, it is. Because you have no reason to leave. I mean, you know, after a certain time, it's like, well, you know, if I can get a complete change of blood and maybe a change of underwear, then, I'm, you know. <laughs> Here's the thing. They don't care what you do, so you can just order in some new underwear, some new blood, and, and some dinner. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the place is amazing. That was, I, other than seeing my sister and her family, um, that was the highlight of my trip was Frankie's. What about the colonel? Well, of course. Well, the highlight was seeing seeing me with you in Vegas. Wasn't it showing up, my my smiling face? Well, of course, that. <laughs> that that kind of goes without saying. I'm just talking about all right. physical yeah. location. Okay. Well, when you showed up, your face wasn't all that smiling, to be honest. You were kind of standing there like... Oh, yeah, you'd been all night. You'd been doing the law thing all night and then kind of like, you know, had to take... Yeah, but my face does that. I, I mean, I I can't tell you how many, in how many relationships I've had where the person I was with at the time is like, what's wrong? My my wife has gotten used to it because we've been together long enough. But yeah, you know, that, that happened to with with her initially. It was like, what's what's going on? Like, what do you mean? What's going on? I'm just I just I'm just standing here. Do you mind me I mentioning the landmark, uh, Colonel? It's my face. That's right. It's just it's just hanging this way. It's in repose. Yes. In repose. Become I become a vessel for projection, perhaps. Nice. Do you mind if I mention the landmark you hit yesterday? No. Uh, oh, the yes, cur- the, please, the, please. Uh, the colonel and his wife, uh, his lovely wife, hit their 21st wedding anniversary Fantastic. yesterday. Yes, Fantastic. they did. Yes, they did. Brass. Which is brass. So we got to we got to celebrate with them, which was a complete surprise and At cool. Pappy yes. and Pappies and Pappy and Harriet. Pappy and Harriet's. Yeah, in uh, Pioneer Town, uh, California. Which is one of those places that that you just have to go to if you have. Yeah, you know, you really you really do have to go. I, I that's one of those holes in the wall where it's like. Holy cow! This place has a history, and and like really talented musicians show up, and the food is you know very good, and it's just a hole in the wall, really. But it's like wow, this is one of those places that you kind of have to find, and and once you find it, you'll be glad you did. So you know, impressive shit. You ever been to Yucca Valley, Ked? That sounds familiar. Yucca Valley's kind of over by Joshua Tree. Okay, yes. Yeah, you know. I didn't stay long. I think I just passed. Yeah, pa- uh, Pioneer Town's kind of near there too. I- I'm not real familiar with it. The Colonel, of course, is quite familiar with it. It's interesting because they shot, you know, hundreds of movies there in the, in the 40s and 50s, and so they built this this old west town, and it's actual real buildings instead of just facades because they, it was so far, especially back then. Yeah, it's so far removed from anything. Right. They wanted to have a place for the crew to live, yeah. so they actually lived in the buildings where they shot the movies. Wow. And you know they have a bowling alley there that's like a time capsule from 1945 or whatever, and 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 uh, Gene Autry threw the first bowling ball, that's and cool. there's a picture of him. You know, whoosh. it's it's really amazing. That's but so what's cool. what's great now is the the musicians that show up. I mean, we saw uh, my wife and I saw Lucinda Williams on on Monday night. Wow. Um, you know, Robert Plant has shown up to do sets, and then Sir Paul. Yeah, fucking Paul. That McCoy. doesn't matter to you, Colonel. You hate the fucking Beatles and everything they stand for. I was on a rant. Yeah, you were. So you must love Elvis. He had one drink yesterday, and he's like, fuck the Beatles, fuck everything about them. The, the Beatles can suck my dick. <laughs> the Beatles suck ass through a straw. <laughs> I'm going to get a t-shirt made that says fuck it all. That's right. But, uh, you know, we knew it was a rant, and we knew that he really did. Well, but you know what, though? That, that's pretty crazy that Sir Paul McCartney, well, we got to call him that, I guess. Sir Paul showed up to do some shit at... He played a set in, yeah, be- that, in between that, in between sets at old cellos. They called it. That's and, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah, cool. from the outside, you'd think you're going to walk in here and there's going to be a mechanical bowl and who the fuck knows what's going on and a bunch of cowboy boots and shit. And it's that's not what it is at all. Also, it's a music venue slash restaurant on the inside that looks like an old western saloon on the outside. Yeah, and yeah. there's God, there's wow. just tons of babes there. 
Oh my god! It was a Thursday night, and there were like it was like babes. Going. There are so many. I only get to fuck about six of them. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the way it works. Sometimes. Yeah, you know, you don't have enough time. Yeah, not like uh, you know Arthur and the Colonel. <laughs> no, or, or our own Gerald. Yes, him too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what, what was that? Are you wringing your hands of this whole thing? What do you, well, what yeah, do you mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, I got it. You, got also, it. you also forgot another place that you guys got to go. Where's that? That we got to go, or we're Before telling our listener where they got to go. Before we went to Pappy's, where did you go? We went to Camp. Oh, we're not supposed yeah. to say that name. What? Why can't we say the name? No, 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 no. We, we went to the compound. We went to the compound. Oh, the compound. Oh, I thought we said the name of that place. Well, no, we Who went, has a pen? We went, we went to the... Uh, Give me that fucking $80 pen you just bought. Yeah. <laughs> it's only beep. $30. You can do the beep. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so... <laughs> I'll do the erase. Yeah, so get rid of the, the reference to um, the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say the N-word on this show? Well, you can't say that N-word. And right, I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up on your mark. Okay, don't don't uh, don't worry about me. You just keep talking. What, well, what was your impression of the camp? What camp? Uh, the, the compound. Compound. <laughs> the, the compound. You know, I really I really liked it a lot. In fact, um, when I saw it, when I first saw I first saw the compound years ago with some U two overflight photos, and I was really unimpressed with their level of defense. They, you know, their slit trenches and and their fields of fire and their minefields were. I could run a whole company of infantry through there without even getting fucking detected at night. And so I thought this place was this camp was totally insecure. But once I've actually visited, it's the upgrades have, are significantly better. You can defend um, that that compound against any kind of infiltration, day or night. So I was impressed. I uh, I grabbed a pair of binoculars out of the back of the car and I was looking out into the distance. I, I couldn't believe it all these years later, but I actually spotted Bono out there still fucking a Joshua tree. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god. That's horrible. do you see that a lot? That's horrible. Do I see Bono doing that a lot? Yeah. We're uh, gonna get we're gonna get sued. Not enough. We can only hope That's we're right. sued. Not Nothing enough. like recognition. Nothing like recognition. The compound was uh, lovely. It was, uh, it was great. Beautiful piles of rock formations everywhere, and a and a sheltered area with uh, what's that kind of grill you said you had there? A a combination smoker uh, uh, Santa Maria style grill. It's like a it's like a homemade, uh, really cool homemade Traeger with a bonus feature to it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got some great photos from my screensaver of Joshua Trees and Horizons and Sunsets. I saw the Cloris Leachman Memorial Chair. Yep, yep, yep. Yes. All of them. She went to my wife's 50th birthday party out there. I didn't realize she was next door. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. She Well, she she was in, in Topanga, and Uh-oh. then she came out for this party, and it was the first time she had ever camped Wow. when she was, I don't know, 89 or something like that, 88. Did she ever yeah. fire rockets? We fire rockets all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the place yes. is practi- practically. I mean, he started doing it when he was four. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, we had, we 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 had a lot of groups out there that do rocketry and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. And then there's a place about half an hour away, Lucerne Dry Lake bed, where they do really big rockets, and I'm into that. That's the high power stuff. Yeah. Is that the is that that organization? That what's that? You put the camera on it and all that, and sometimes I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've done that. I think I saw some. I, I, I saw. I saw like a GoPro something camera that you did with something. a drone or a rocket that you retrieved later. It was yeah. Great. We we um we taped a, a little stick camera to a rocket, <laughs> and you found it like a long. It like, came off. Yeah. We found it. We found it two years later. <laughs> That's right. Just sitting in the middle of the desert, yeah. and, and and the, the footage was still there, and, and the power came on. That's amazing. It's amazing. It's awesome shit. That's fuck cool. yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. We'll see you all in just a minute. All around you, great T-shirts, great bags, great bandanas. 
You ever sit back and wonder why everyone but you has such awesome attire? How? How is it possible? T-Squared Custom Apparel, that's how. Don't sit back and let the world of low fashion pass you by. Step out of the shadows of mediocrity with the help of T-Squared. Located just west of Highway 280 on Larpenter Avenue in Minneapolis, T-Squared has been creating custom masterpieces for a long-ass time. They are just waiting for you to show up and tell them what you want. But, 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 Bodo, what about the price? Shockingly low. You can have a one-of-a-kind original, but why not have 11 backup copies? A dozen is cheaper than one, and by cheap, we mean cheap. And with T-Squared, there is no minimum order. All Empty Minds tees are made at T-Squared. We wouldn't go anywhere else. And you know those awesome rock and roll t-shirts you see everywhere? You guessed it. T-Squared. What are you waiting for? Check them out on the web at tsquared.net, that's T-E-E-S-Q-U-A-R-E-D.net, or give them a call at 651-645-7916. Open Monday through Friday. Be sure to let them know that Empty Minds Radio sent you. Think about what you've got compared to what I've got. Now what do you think my girl wants, my girl wants? Think about what I've got compared to what you've got. What do you think my girl wants, my girl wants? What do you think my girl wants? We are back. EMR 562, all out of assault. Now, what are we calling it now, Paul? It's got a different name. Uh, the Assault on Stupidity. An Assault on Stupidity, that is correct, yes. I, I, I have other ideas, but that's what it is. As of this moment, it is your show and your gig, and that's what it is. No, the other ideas are entertained and enjoyed. They just require we're working reformatting on many things we're to make them happy. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're working on it. We'll get there. We'll get there. So, what the fuck are we doing uh, on tonight's show? You know who's here. Paul's gets in with Paul ID. So, Colonel sitting in with us as usual. Uh, you know, we've got uh, Arthur over here. He's a, a script supervisor. We'll talk about that shit. Um, we don't have a top ten list tonight because that in, did involve uh, something that uh, didn't happen. But we do have the mind-boggling EMR screenwriter quiz. So, that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. Yeah. And the regular EMR shit. Um, what do you think, Paul? You want to hear a, a quick recap of the show? Well, you know, I think quick recaps of the show are very valuable. I'll tell you why. Because uh, try as they might, all of the people out there in Podcastville may not necessarily get to listen every week. And then they think, oh, fuck, I missed, you know, the last show. And they, they shit their pants. They cry. They get in fist fights. Their life is bad. They drink. They drink, of course. All, all of the above. So we give them a recap here so that it will inspire them to check out last week's show. Or, and if they can't do that, at least they get a flavor of what it was. Okay, uh, I'm being evil because now they're going to have to fight and drink and kick each other's ass and shit their pants because <laughs> we were here all week fucking around and I didn't do a recap. Oh, you didn't do There is no recap, no. There's no recap. This is the first time in years that there hasn't been a recap okay, of the well, show. Well, I guess we're going to have to have two of them next week. Or what, what What? they could do is just listen to 561. Okay. Well, It's only an hour and a half show. It's considerably okay, shorter than normal. some serious mayhem out there yeah. because there is no recap. <sighs> I do have an L.A. odd tidbit, though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Los Angeles, or Los Angeles, is where the Internet was born. In 1969, the first ARPANET transmission was sent from the UCLA uh, campus to Stanford Research Institute in Menlo Park. Go Bruins. Go Bruins. Oh, good God. Why did I even bring that okay. fucking Well, you brought it up because you knew we were Bruins. Motherfuckers. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> what are you, some sort of U.S.? Oh, let me go sack the dick on that mythical Dutch bear. Uh. Ah, come on. Be nice. <laughs> 
Be nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. What do you want to do now, Paul? Is well, that yeah. about it? Are no, we done? I, I think it's time to talk about the theme. Oh, is it time for that? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the theme. Uh, the year has, uh, you know, something like uh, 12 months, so I've been told, and every one of those months has four or possibly f- five. Five. Every now and then there are five Fridays. In Occasionally there's five. Usually four. There's never more than five. Never less than four. Exactly. Yeah, Fridays in a month. And um, every month has a theme on this show, and every Friday has a picture and a set of words that go along with that theme. This is uh, This is no different. What do you think? Are we going around, or do you just want to give it up? No, let's just give it up. I, th- no. I, th- I think that with with um, the colonel and, and 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 Arthur may not understand this, but we have there's somebody else on the show who has um, a master's degree in themology, and he can usually channel what the theme is. He's not here, so we're just going to go ahead and name the theme. Normally, we would guess what it is and see how close we are, but but we can't because he's not here. He's not here. Okay, the October theme is Strange Tombs or Graves. The picture Paul's got up in his computer for you guys in the studio here to see. It is a picture of the tomb of Yuri Nikulin. Fucking looks like Buster Keaton. I was going to say Buster Keaton. Yuri Vladimirovich Mikulin was a Soviet Russian actor and a clown who starred in many popular films. He's best known for his roles in... Leonid Gendai's comedies such as The Diamond Arm and The Kidnapping. Caucasian style was also one of his films, although he occasionally starred in dramatic roles and performed in the Moscow Circus. He was awarded the title The People's Artist of the USSR in 1973 and Hero of Socialist Labor in 1990. He also received a number of state awards, including the prestigious Order of Lenin, which he received twice in his life. So what you're saying, he was a card-carrying communist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I he was also a card carrying clown this too. This guy was after. This guy's after your own heart with the fucking pork pie. I mean, and, and I was saying that he's because uh, you are like the master of hats, but he, he was also a um. You know, I mean, it's my favorite Metallica song. Well, Arthur Arthur had mentioned too Buster Keaton that came to mind, but I'm also thinking Popeye Doyle. Yeah, it's Popeye Doyle. You know, from French Connection. French, French yeah, Connection. But that's not a that's not a tomb though. It's a statue unless they put his body inside the statue. Yeah, he's in there. That's then it, him. And it's a tomb statue. They actually just froze him in carbonite. But I wouldn't call that a tomb. <laughs> yes, there you go. Well, I, I missed that. What was that? <laughs> I said they froze him in carbonite. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the you, memorial job of the hut garden in there. Frozen, that's man. him. <laughs> anyway, look. The, what, well, hold on. The words The words to the theme are from a song written by Hank Cosby, Smokey Robinson, and Stevie Wonder, and originally recorded by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles for the uh, Tomla Records label subsidiary of Motown. First appearing on the 1967 album Make It Happen, the song is titled Tears of a Clown. Tears of a Clown, kind of like Birds of a Feather. Yeah, you know, you know here's except the, sadder. Look, I, whether that's a tomb or a statue or, or a fucking mausoleum or whatever the fuck it is. It's a fucking tomb statue we, mausoleum. A tomb statue, whatever. We can all agree on one thing. He's deader than fuck. Oh, yeah. He's oh, been he's, dead he's, for a he's, bit. He's dead as fuck. He's deader than shit. Deader than shit. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's it. All right. All right, moving on then, I guess. Is that what we're going to do, move That's, on? That, yeah, we're going to What do can that. we do but move on? You yeah, know, when a clown you know, dies. You stay in one place and... Did, he, just, die, did he die of smoking? Um, <laughs> we don't know. That's a good question. It looks like he's got a heater in his hand. I'm surprised he doesn't have a drink in his hand, too. Well, he might. He maybe dropped it. Okay. The glass doesn't uh, can't stand up to the carbon freezing process. <laughs> yeah, it, it should. Uh, <laughs> cigarettes fine. Carbon freezing they glass take it away from you when they carbonize. No. Yes, of course they do. <laughs> of course they do. You know what else we don't have tonight, Paul? We don't have the EM news because fuck it. We don't. We've been partying. When the hell was that going to be written? Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, I just thought of something. Maybe he had a full cup of coffee 
And when they when they when they zapped them in the carbonite process, whatever it's called, yeah, it fucking freeze dried it. Freeze dried coffee. <laughs> nice. So this is the grave of Captain Taster's choice. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So we don't have EM news, and we, and we don't. Have, okay. We don't. What else don't we have? Well, yeah, we don't have. Yeah, we don't have like a recap. No, we don't have a recap. Boy, we're we're fucking up. No, but no, we're still good. We're solid. We're solid as a rock. It well, springs. <laughs> we can talk about uh, L.A. because yeah. we, we've we've taken a big bite. Uh, well, and, and, and there's more to here. talk about with the Colonel. Certainly, we had adventures in in L.A. and uh, and we could talk about what a script supervisor is. Yeah, why don't we turn it over to our guest, Arthur? Tell us about what you do, man. All right. Uh, well, I met these guys in film school many, many years ago. Not me. And uh, I'm not that fucking old. Yeah, no, you're too young. It doesn't. <laughs> you're matter. just a child. You're listening to the story, though. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I am listening. There's no doubt about that. All right. So to me, storytelling's always been a sacred art. All right. My uncles were very good at spinning the story. They also were good bullshitters. You give them a scotch and a, uh, a good cigar, and they could just they could just tell great stories in between breaths of smoke. They're amazing. They could tell a story that would spin what sounded like, I don't know, 10 different things that happened on 10 different nights, all as if it happened in one night, and pepper it in with <sighs> cautions and warnings and caution, uh, moral, explain how to, how to, basically how to not lose your cool, how to be a good friend, how to step in and help someone. My uncles were basically, all their stories were about paying, watching a friend as their friend did something stupid and drunken and angry and how they would sort of and weren't they weren't they like Portuguese uh, Portuguese guys Portuguese yeah they were in the Navy Portuguese um, sailors yeah my uncles was very good at uh, telling a story about how to be a good friend but like not to, uh, to allow someone who had anger issues to get into trouble and then because it was entertaining and then to step in before the guy got into a fight and got his head knocked off you know, we have a whole segment on the show that deals with that exact thing. Um, we do? Oh, yeah. It's the one you uh, hate to do every week because nothing oh, right. Oh, Pussy of the Week. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm not going to have to do it. Anyway, I'll do it after. Uh, yeah, no, now you don't do it now in the middle of his story. No. So the uncles, the Portuguese sailing uncles and yeah, their he stories. Was, he was just really good at spinning a long story. He would say things to us that, like, uh, tell the kids about how you wrestle an alligator. Like, oh, my God, wrestle an alligator. Tell, tell me about that. Like, and he would get his scotch out and his cigar out, and all the kids would gather, and we'd be really excited. And he'd just go, wait a minute, wait a minute. He'd light a cigar, and he would spend his time. And then he would tell, he'd tell this long story about how it started in some backwoods bar in the middle of Louisiana somewhere. And it, it didn't start with an alligator. It started with something completely different, usually about him on a road trip in the backwoods of Louisiana. Helping and, it would, and it would build up to the alligator. Yeah, and it would go that way. It would never get to the alligator. So it obviously had a, a, their <laughs> my, story. My aunt would come in and say, the kids are tired, i got to go. And I would never get to the alligator. Mom, there's no alligator in the alligator story. It's a shaggy dog and story. And so, the, so, the so their, their storytelling obviously had an impact on you yeah. so as far as wanting to tell stories. Yeah, so what I do right now is something called continuity. Um, people call it script supervising, but I really prefer continuity um, because it's really about um, paying attention. Every other department on a show uh, establishes a look of everything at the beginning of a scene, right? Where props are, where wardrobe is, where where things are placed, everything. Um, where drapes are, where doors are opens or closed. I have to pay attention when um, an element, a visual element is changed during the course of a scene. And that's, when it's changed, and what line of dialogue and on which take the director liked, and that's the path I follow, and, and help the editors understand how to 
reassemble it as far as the choices the director made and the actors and the choices the actors made so that they match so that every scene when you edit it together feels like one organic moment. Well, that's, that sounds awfully challenging. Now, is, is this a matter of of you uh, marking a physical copy of the script? Do you do you and then you you probably take photos of it just in case the script gets all burned, that burned all, up or something? Um, my job is basically I my job basically connects and interfaces with every other department that establishes style and look and. Mise en scène. Yeah, mise en scène of a, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sure, of a scene. Yeah, and I'm sure that, uh, I mean, I know I, I have some examples, in, you know, of, of watching movies where something disappeared or that kind of a thing. And, and I know you do, Colonel, and I know you do, Tommy. You know, like, I mean, the one that I'm thinking of is Scent of a Woman where they're during that famous tango scene um, where where the Al Pacino characters dancing with that beautiful woman her earrings keep on disappearing and appearing again, and depending on the wide shot yeah. or the medium shot, yeah. and, and and that's one of the things you have to keep track of. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy shit. Yeah, it is crazy shit. And sometimes it's performance based, and you can't. There's some things you can't. Uh, I, I don't have any power over at a certain point. Like there's choices the director makes, there's choices the performers make, and sometimes they may like the performance of take one, and then take two, everything on match from take two on, but take one is where they grab some moments mm-hmm. and they intercut it with take two and you're all of a sudden uh, it's going to be jumpy but it's their their editors are picking things based on whatever the performance it's always performance based even if the continuity doesn't match right so sometimes it's just uh if you look at the first spider-man there's uh at the end of it when mary jane's holding uh peter parker's head there's a moment where she's got her gloved hands on his face and there's a moment where when they go they go from one uh, over the shoulder his over the shoulder to her over the shoulder and back again and it's the the hands are up and in the next shot the hands are down and then her hands come up to grab his head so it, it, it there's a moment where she did it earlier on a certain line than she did on later takes and it, it and it goes back and forth to the hands are up the hands are down hands are up hands are down and it's very noticeable yeah it is noticeable so sometimes what and, you know, and I haven't done, I haven't edited any feature films, but I've done a lot of editing in the past 30 years. And sometimes what I do in that case, where, where one, where one scene is clearly, clearly better than the other, but visually there's something fucked up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what I'll do is I will use the audio from one take and I will somehow manipulate it to match another take. Yeah, there you go. And, and if, if it doesn't sync without having them, without having somebody do ADR or whatever, if it doesn't sync, sometimes I'll cut away to a reaction shot at the part where it's all fucked up, but nobody knows any different. Right. So that's why it's so important. That's that, when they say with digital, you can probably get away with it. They used to say, Oh, print that one, print that, you know, print that take. And, you know, because they only printed certain, certain takes from the negative and yeah. they must've fucked themselves up severely by, by doing that <laughs> back in the old days. Two words, Polly, complete reshoot. Well, yeah. Uh, so can you, can you name a time? I mean, you know, in the past, go way back, early in your career of doing this, where clearly you it was your fault, something was weird, a bottle disappeared, or you know, or somebody's shirt was unbuttoned, unbuttoned, and then unbuttoned. Yeah. Somebody's dick got a lot shorter. There's yeah, yeah. There was there was dressed right and then dressed left. There was a few projects early on, like like my first year or two, where I was sort of jumping into projects that were super no not low budget, but with big name people, but super low budget. Right and. There was, it was so chaotic, and a fucking grip guy almost died, and people went on strike. So there was a lot of things that clearly were like I kept working because I wasn't in the union at that point. 
And so I was willing to do whatever, even though we had a change of like two different DPs. Basically, there was no, there was nobody from the original crew anymore. So it was they were all asking me about all the continuity details, which I had. I, I don't know. I don't have a whole, whole book on the wardrobe and the props and all that kind of shit. So I'm like, uh. <laughs> and I was just like, let me just get finished because I want to go to Amsterdam for the millennium. So I was like willing to do the job. But there are moments I noticed later if I'd have. If I'd have marked down, oh, they were smoking a cigar in that earlier scene. Now that we're doing a close-up of a scene that we did the week before as the first shot of the morning and I came in late. <laughs> and I didn't remember the cigar thing. And then when they shot it, they're like, they were supposed to have a cigar in that hand. Like, So it went from having a cigar to not having a cigar. And it was like the only cut. And it was just super, like, it was lame. It was lame. And it was one of those things where I was like, and the director said, this is one of the things you have to tell me about. <laughs> That's fun. That's almost ironic, considering that it was your uncle's smoking cigars that really kind of inspired you, and then your first fuck up was a cigar related incident. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah there was no cigar in the one I yeah, yeah. There's well, supposed it, to be. Yeah. Speaking of cigars, I mean, I'm always thinking of. I'm always thinking of that. Just scene to rub it in. in. Uh, yeah, I'm always thinking of that scene in in, in Goodfellas where where um, Paul Servino is sitting down. And he, there's there's a guy I forget his name where he's. He's afraid of of the of the Joe Pesci character, and he keeps saying he's telling Paulie, you know, look, I mean, he's he's screwing up my business. I I'm afraid of the guy. I'm afraid of the guy, and, and he convinces um, Paulie to basically buy this restaurant and have Henry, the Ray Liotta character, yeah, yeah. run it. And throughout that scene, they're cutting back and forth to Paul Servino with with a cigar in his mouth, without a cigar in his mouth, with a cigar in his hand, without a cigar in his hand. And I, I think some directors don't really care all that yeah. much yeah that's what it is you know that's that's common with paul's because i see you often with the cigar in your hand and then it's gone and then there's another cigar in your hand and then it's gone and then there's another cigar in your hand it's got a different yeah. label on it yeah, yeah. yeah. well that, that's because you're a continuity mistake my friend well when it Big. comes to, yeah when it comes to cigars i probably am because the one that you thought i had has already been smoked so i had to light up another one i guess you could yeah. you could tell the director you know look you could just let's just Tell people that this is intentional and that you're making a comment. You know this this is this is this is deliberate, and and you know only only the most sophisticated film aficionado is going to notice it. Yeah. And if they do, I was, I was trying to say close, but no cigar. I mean visually. Oh, <laughs> visually. Oh. <laughs> no, it's true though. I, I, and you're right. I mean, some some directors, I don't think they care. They, 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 they don't think it's that important. The futility of smoking a cigar because it's, it's I mean, you know, it's finite and then it's gone. Yeah. I mean. It's, that was the point. Well, that was the point maybe. I mean, I, I think the point think was, makes, the point was I don't think Scorsese gave a fuck. Um, but some directors do. And, and, and sometimes yeah. it is distracting, yeah. especially if somebody, if wardrobe's disappearing. I mean, I remember with Commando, I remember Arnold Schwarzenegger was practically naked in one scene. He had on a pair of Speedos. He had on a pair of black Speedos. Yeah. So that's it. And then and he was, you know, getting into a, from a, like a, a, one of those boat planes, and he was getting into like a, a Zodiac boat to go to the shore. One pair of black Speedos. That's it. That's not hard to keep track of as far as war goes. <laughs> and, and then they showed, and then they showed, a, they showed a wide shot of him, you know, pulling the boat with the weapons up onto the beach. And he's got a pair of striped Speedos. <laughs> Well, maybe he, changed, maybe he changed Speedos while he was on the boat. Yeah, but look, if you're shooting in Amsterdam, though, it's harder to keep track of anything <laughs> if it's the wrong time of day. I, I suppose right? so. I suppose so. <laughs> yeah. I've earned my stripes now, Polly. Yeah. I've got the stripe and Speedos. I guess so. Yeah. One of the other things I do, especially working with uh, improv comedy uh, and uh, comedians that do improv, is uh, track the 
the lines that are improv, the ones that are, you know, not, not part of the script. Yeah. 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 And so there are times where a director might actually laugh and like, like something. And so when we do the coverage, like the other person that, that he's talking, they're talking to, I'm the one, I'm like the only one at certain times that actually has records of that and can remind them, hey, you, you like that line that they said, we don't have any other, we've already done the master, we did the close of the person doing the improv. Now you have a, your chance of doing the other person who's listening to that line. Do we want them to react to that line so that moment becomes a moment? Otherwise, it, there's no reactions to it. There's no, mm. it doesn't play to anything, even oh, yeah. the silence. Yeah. Mm. So that's when, it, that's when you can remind them that we're going off the, the, the script for a moment and then you get that reaction then we're coming back into the script as written again so that's it's just trying to get all the pieces that the editors have what they need to, to make well that's that, that, that's a very very important job i mean yeah, um, really. it's, a very, it's a very unsung uh, it it's a very unsung hero it's a hidden job. job dude it's a hidden job you know it really but a cute, is. It's, job. it's one of those yeah it's one of those great jobs that are only noticed when a mistake is made right, right. that's it <laughs> that's right. it yeah when you're doing it great no, it's it. perfect that's exactly it. Yep. My job is invisible, and it's uh, it's uh, yeah. You only notice me if I fuck up. Well, then don't fuck up. That's I, if I don't fuck up, I keep working. So that's there my, you go. That's my goal. <laughs> there you go. That's From now on, anytime I watch a movie where somebody isn't holding a cigar in their hand, I'm going to think you fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Ar- Arthur must have been the fucking script supervisor. <laughs> he fucked up. Where's the cigar? God damn it. Uh, do you guys want to know why the entertainment industry ended up in Los Angeles? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, filmmakers traveled to the West to avoid Thomas Edison's intellectual property claims. He lived in New Jersey but owned a majority of the country's film patents. Wow. Patent troll. Yep. Wow. Mm. Early patent troll. Legal reasons. Okay. Motherfucker. Fucking A. Paul, it's Pussy of the Week. Yeah, god damn it. Well, we have a, we have a, uh, we have a segment on the show called Pussy of the Week. It's not what it sounds like, unfortunately. I know you probably think it's like we're going to parade out some video of some hot-looking babe on a runway or something. That has nothing to do with that. What we're talking about here is we're talking about a, 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 a pussy, a weasel. Coward. A coward. A, a, somebody who threw you under the bus to save their own ass. Somebody who, you know, you really could have used them in a fight. You got your ass kicked because they ran away. Somebody who basically just, you know... <laughs> Threw you under the bus in order to get the promotion. Somebody who just did something so weaselly, you just couldn't believe it. Maybe you vomited. Maybe you almost died because you were in such shock. Well, <laughs> if you know somebody like that in your life, we need to hear from you. And I'm talking to you. Don't no, don't even give them an out. They do know somebody like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, they you know, do. look, it, most of you listening to this show are, you know, sentient human beings. You've been around a while. You're not you're not toddlers. You know, you're, 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 you know, you're adults, most of you. So you haven't lived enough i mean if you're 18 or over you you definitely have witnessed in your life somebody like this and it had a profound effect on you tell us your story send us the story just write three or four paragraphs in an email email it to us at the emrassault.com the emrassault.com i don't know that's not an email the emrassault that's not gonna work gmail you're gonna get zip man you're gonna get nothing Okay. <laughs> no, it's Paul's new email system. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Email it to the internet, people. Just send it out to the <laughs> send, internet. Send it, put, put hash brown. It's like putting the White House on a letter, but less effective. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah, whatever. The EMR assault at gmail.com. Right. The EMR assault at gmail.com. Yeah, I think that's it. Basically, send it to us. I'm getting worked up. I'm going to start talking about the Beatles any minute. Do it. Start talking about I'm glad you're here, Arthur. This show needs some fixing. Yeah, no shit. Fix that, please. Um, 
No. And just tell us, uh, tell us, tell us, you know, the story. Tell us the names of the people involved. I'm going to change the names anyway because I don't want anybody to get sued. Um, and tell us what happened. Um, tell us the genders of the people involved and their general ages. I will take your story. I will turn it into a four-panel cartoon. Fantastic. How I interpret it. Now, <laughs> how I interpret your story, I turn it into a four-panel cartoon. And um, we, these are amazing. And we'll 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 email it to you um, in in a PDF form if you want or. Um, I mean, we'll email it to other people. Don't, yeah. don't rely on us to email it to you. We haven't quite got that email thing down yet. Yeah, maybe not. But we'll post it on our Facebook page. You don't have to be a Facebook member in order to see it. It's a fan page. And if you want, we'll, 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 we'll mail you a copy anywhere on the globe except the island of Guam, which is a U.S. territory. That's the only place on the globe we can't actually mail it to you. You'll have to get it. If you live on Guam, if you're in the Saipan. Yeah, get it for get it in Saipan. You'll have to take a puddle jumper over there or swim over there or something and get it. But anywhere else on the globe, we'll, we'll mail it to you. It's, uh, when you're swimming over there, by the way, you should change from your black Speedos to your striped ones midway through the swim. <laughs> Highly recommended. That's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Arnold will tell you how to do that. But but here's the thing. none of the, this, this isn't going to work unless you fucking tell us your story, okay? I mean, it's been months since I actually done one of these. So I know some of you are out there and you're you're listening to this as you're driving or something. And you're thinking, fuck, man, I remember Johnny, you know, or Johnny when I was a kid. What a pussy. Oh, my God, that one time he did this. And, and, you, and you really want to tell us the story, but you're not doing it, okay? Then you're being a pussy about it. So just do it, okay? Email us the story. I'll turn it into a cartoon. You'll live forever. You'll be immortalized. Indeed. <laughs> and this artwork, this four-panel cartoon, this is like Beavis and Butthead meets classic Mad Magazine. It's fantastic. You're going to love oh, well, it. It's I, naughty. It's raunchy. It's complete poly. I, I appreciate it. It's, 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 it's kind of hideous. It's grotesque, but it is, it is what it is. So, you know. need, need I cite the colonel's high school uniform? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. you saw that. You Listeners of the show, you saw what that looked like. So yeah. it's kind of the stuff. And it's spot on. It was absolutely spot on. Okay. It was a football eerie, helmet. Eerie. eerie. A, a golden terry cloth robe, a, a California license plate around his neck. Shoulder what, pads. Uh, shoulder pads. What else was included? Sock, in sock, sock monkey. Sock monkey. Sock monkey, yeah, hanging from your neck. And some slippers, right? Yeah. 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 I went to school like that. God, that takes balls. And, and to be clear, it was not the official <laughs> uniform of your high school at the time. No. No. no but the, the trippy thing is that nobody did anything. Nobody said anything. That's what. No, no I tell you. Remarks like, "Oh, that's different." But this is still, you know, this is this is a different time because they can yeah. tell if you're mad or not. No, it's just like, <laughs> yes, that's it. The fucking face. There might be a weapon under there. I'm yeah. just gonna don't look at him. Like their training is like, don't engage. Don't look at the colonel. <laughs> hey, it's like I, t- I told you. It was like the day I went to the Minnesota State Fair in a thong, and all day long, not a word, not one fucking word, nothing. Well, what are people going to say? Hey, you know, nice thong. Get the fuck out of here. This is a family place. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Something they, like, they, they didn't. didn't. They didn't. I did. I, I got one comment toward the the very end of the night. It was a scrubby sort of a midway carny kind of a guy, and he just walked up and he went, "Hey, buddy, you're looking kind of transparent." <laughs> that was it. He was hitting on you. That's true. And we dated for about four years. <laughs> okay, then. I liked his toothlessness. It was a smooth, you know what I'm saying? Well, Kearney's, you know, they, they've they lived a lot. Huh. Yeah, they have. They got stories. Talk about stories. Oh, down my a God. dark direction. Usually does. <laughs> so, uh, Pussy of the Week, so, so do it. Folks. Pussy of the Week, do it, you fucking pussies. Odd L.A. tidbit, the Santa Monica Pier was... First initially constructed so that a sewage pipe could flow from the city to the ocean far away from the beach. 
What is Santa Monica Pier located at? The end of the pier. What is it? It's an ocean. And you you traveled in your travels with me over the last. What are you asking? What ends at the Santa Monica Pier? Route sixty six. Yes. No shit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. And and that guy's life in that X Files episode, who whose ears would ring if he didn't drive fifty miles an hour heading west. Oh yes, that was. Great. Remember when he exploded on the yeah. Santa Monica Pier? Yeah. Wow. So, so what you're saying, Colonel, is that anybody who's Fantasy ever point. anybody who's ever been on the Santa Monica Pier has actually been on part of Route 66. True. Yes. If they well, if they walked, yes. If they walked on, the, I guess they have to go over the end of the pier to get to the pier. So yes. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes, indeed. Yeah. You thought you had me on that one, didn't you? I, no, I, I figured you'd get it. <laughs> I did. I did. Hey, there was a fucking correction from last week's show, and it was something the colonel said early in the show, and I don't remember what the fuck it was. Do you? <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, no, of course not. Okay. So there's no fucking corrections this week either. I'm sorry for the fuck up that we can't well, remember. Well, the, the thing is, though. Um, there was only one. I was keeping track. There was only one. Well, it's important that we figure out what it was. And you know, you, Should I tell the listener, the new listener, why? Yeah, tell, tell about fucking corrections and then share with them how there aren't any this week. Okay. Well, if you have it written down, maybe we can share it next week and maybe we can save some lives because here's the situation every week we do a show uh, on this show we do something called fucking corrections not fucking corrections fucking with the hyphen you know fucking corrections and what it means is uh, you know the apostrophe thing what 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 did you say with an Ivan no you know I said a hyphen but I meant, oh, a hyphen. I meant an apostrophe oh, okay. I, I meant an apostrophe I was thinking that was a grammatical thing and I was going to keep my mouth shut like I, I never like heard of a stylistic thing yeah I like to I thought I knew yeah. grammar I've never heard of an Ivan it's got a tilde at I'm gonna, the I'm going to look at Google, Google really really surreptitiously huh? under the table <laughs> yeah look it up fucking corrections <laughs> and no G is the point. Yeah, no G. Fucking corrections. And you, you might wonder why we go to the trouble. Well, because here's the thing. What was the number of this show again? Tommy, tell me. This is 562. Okay. So those who listen to show 561 without listening to this show could not be 100% certain that what they learned on show 561 is 100% accurate. Now, we don't try to intentionally, you know, bullshit anybody. We don't, you know, we don't do that. But sometimes we say you know, we we don't know the answer to something. We don't know necessarily. We get in arguments. We disagree. We disagree. Yeah. And so, what Tom does is listens to every show after it's recorded to make sure that you know everything we say is factually correct. But he can't report that until the following podcast. So, if anybody listens, otherwise, I'd have to call everybody who listened. Yeah, and that would be that would be tough. So, anybody who listened to five sixty one who goes, "Wow, that's really fun," and they wanted to share it, they did so at their own risk because what happens every now and then, and it happens quite a bit actually, sometimes people um, share the information without listening to the following podcast, and they get their ass kicked. Some people have been killed. And some people have. have well, yeah, since this, since this correction involves me, I took the person who had the note and I had them thrown in the brass bowl. I told you about a few shows ago. Nice, oh yeah, and roasted. Yeah, that's awesome. And you good deal. In your smoker? No, yeah. no, <laughs> no. Relationships have ended. People have died. People, well, people have been ostracized. In like, I know that you know some tribes. You know, Aboriginal tribes have been. You know. Who turned the they, heat they, off they, in this place? Well, God, they, fucking cold. Oh, okay. I'll turn it back up. No, they've they've been ostracized from their communities. You know, and, in tribes. Yeah, like like in like the, Aborigines and well, shit. Yeah, who like listen in, to this show? Yeah, they do. They do. They, I mean, are you coming off the rails here or something? <laughs> no, no. It really happened. It's not a crazy it train. Really Wheels are coming it, off it, the trolley. It, no, it happened. It happened. In the, it happened. In the, <laughs> well, they are in one shot, but in the next shot, they're back. So it happened, I don't know whose fault that is. It happened. It happened in central Central Australia. But anyway, the point being. That last week, I know, I know, Arthur, you can laugh about it, but last week somebody actually was killed. What? 
Yeah, somebody was killed last week. What was Alec Baldwin there? No, oh. because they, they oh they, too soon. No, it's we're still trying to figure that one out. I know they, they are. Shared, they awful. shared some information yeah. that wasn't correct, and they got in an argument, and somebody beat him to death with a lead pipe, and it happened in Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay, so what we're saying is, listen to every show, and 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 therefore you won't run the risk of, of sharing erroneous information and getting your ass kicked. And plus, every show is a great show, so why not listen to every show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, by the way, normally I, I would spend somewhere between 70 and 100 hours uh, researching the show, but I use time-squishing technology brought to you by Jack Link's The Board Game. Jack Link's The Board Game, get your Squatchopoly on. Yeah. I like it. But uh, this week I didn't use time-squishing technology, and I didn't do shit. Yeah, well, the colonel took care of it, so you don't have to. Yeah, the colonel put somebody in a brass bowl, and they're yes. fucking dead. Okay. Too bad about that person in India, though. Too bad about them. But yeah, that's all right. It's all right. They're not the first to die. They won't be the last that's, for not following a simple instruction. It's pretty simple to do. Indeed. Listen to every show. And that's it. That's it. We're going to take another break. We'll see you all in just a minute. Choosing a bank for a free gift may give you something temporarily. But choosing Atlantic Bank for service will give you something permanently. Because from four checking accounts, nine savings accounts, and dozens of other accounts, Atlantic Bankers will help you choose what's right for you. It's a new, customized approach to banking that makes the most of your money. And isn't that something you want from your bank permanently? Atlantic Bank, the best bank around. We are back. KMR 562, an assault on stupidity. When we last uh, attacked something, what the fuck are we doing, Paul? Let's see what we got here. Let me read the old paper here. Let me see what we well, got. We don't have EM News. No, we don't have EM News tonight. I'll tell you what, last week, you know, I, so I wanted to make EM News while we're here about crazy news stories happening in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's not going to be hard. I really couldn't find them. They were, they were kind of tough to find. Well, there was one that happened pretty cool, pretty recently that we... Yeah, so you want to talk about that? Well, this is not EM News. This is EM unofficial story. Well, you know, and here's the thing, and, and I, I, I think this is something that I wanted to bring up on the show because I wanted to, to get Arthur's take on this, and the colonel's an attorney. Maybe he knows something about this. I know you used to work in entertainment law, but I don't know much about Hollywood productions as far as big features are concerned. What we're talking about here is we're talking about the actor um, Alec Baldwin apparently accidentally shot and killed a cinematographer. And injured the director. And and injured the director, okay, because he was handed a weapon that was supposedly loaded with blanks, but it it wasn't. From what I I read, it had at least one live round in it. Now, I don't know why at this point, I don't know why he would aim the weapon at a crew member or, or, or two crew members. Nobody, I don't know that yet. All I know is that apparently the weapon discharged and killed the cinematographer and uh, and wounded the director. Now, this sounds like a Columbo episode a little bit. It, well, it, you know there was an actual bullet in the gun, didn't you, sir? 
You knew it wasn't blanks. You pointed at the man and you killed him. Well, uh, there's just one more thing, Colonel. Uh, I mean, excuse me, Lieutenant. Um, uh, I didn't actually hold the gun. You know, somebody. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. That's exactly how it would happen. Are you still fucking that Kim Basinger? Oh man, she's a fine piece of ass. I'd like to do that a little bit, but Mrs. Colombo would never ever approve. Well, you know, the thing is, all kidding aside, I do think, from what I always understood, was that when you have, and, and this is where I'd like Arthur to chime in, and Colonel, if you know as well, when this type of thing happens, it's usually because people are trying to save money. What it is is you have you have somebody who's not necessarily experienced, or you have maybe, you, usually in my understanding, you have an armorer. An armorer is somebody who, yes. who is basically in charge of all the weapons on the set. Yes. And the the armorer has to make sure that the weapon is functioning properly, that it's not loaded, that it has if 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 it's if it has blanks, that they're the kind that aren't going to blow your fucking head off, that kind of a thing, and that when they hand the weapon to an actor, they basically say, "This is clear. This is clean. This is this is safe. Don't fucking set it down to go take a piss. Don't let anybody else handle it. This is your weapon, and I'm telling you, it's clear. When that doesn't happen." Um, it's, you know, because somebody just fucking cut, you know, that maybe somebody was hired who wasn't union or maybe somebody was hired who didn't know their job or there was a chain of command issue and, and that's how people die. And that's what happened. I mean, I, I'm guessing that's what happened. I can't imagine. Well, yeah, but also blanks, uh, you know, blanks still discharge in, yeah. in order for a blank to sound like a real round. Um, it has to have something at the end of the cartridge and it usually is, uh, you know, a, a it can be a wire, it can be wax, it can be a number of other things. It can be a squib round, which is like an act. Squib, squib round is like a low-pressure, real bullet. And so that's why there was a movie where somebody, a set where somebody put the gun right to their head. Yeah, I remember that. I, I and, and that's... And joking, or he was like playing any... It was an, it was an actor named John Eric Hexum. That's, yeah, and then and then also on the on the I forget what the, the show was. And he did, he actually... Television show in, in the 80s. Yeah, sort but, of joking, right? And he... Yeah, and it, he I mean, didn't realize it was going to the impact the concussion was. Well, the concussion could kill you, even though it was a blank. Yeah, yeah. well, because it's going to it's going to discharge gases, and yeah. and it's got if you put it that close range, it's going to kill you. Yeah. And then also in the crow, yeah, there was a squib round stuck in the barrel, which the armorer should have picked. I mean, yes, should have picked up. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's it's people aren't getting safety training. They're not told <coughs> this is yeah. This, this gun shoots blanks, but it can still kill you if you hold it too if you hold it too close. You can't point it at somebody. From too close a distance because it's still going to, there's still a projectile, there's still gases, and it's not a safe thing to do. But what I don't get is because I had heard that you know this this gun was not that he shot. You know, it still had it was like that. It was like a squib round or something like that. But you're saying it actually had a live round in it. That's what I that's what I read. There's not enough info out yet. Yeah, there's not enough info. Maybe the armor is a Trump supporter getting even at Alec Baldwin for all the SNL skits. You know what? It could be. I mean, you never know. I mean, that's that's pure speculation. But fuck, I mean, at this point, who knows? Yeah, you know. But I mean, Arthur. I mean, in your experience, I because you've I know you've script supervised a lot of. You know, a lot of films that have, you know, firearms in them and stuff like that. I mean, how, what's your experience? Whenever there's weapons, <clears throat> the armor would bring uh, the prop guy or the armor would come and, and, and there'd be a safety meeting before the scene. Anytime there's a weapon that's used as a prop in in a scene, there's a safety meeting. And there's, there's stunt coordinators, there's the armor, and there's the AD who would, assistant director, who would gather everybody around and show the weapon off where there's going to be a this this gun's going to be used in this scene look look at and then they show you that it doesn't work that it doesn't there's no bullets in it they they and they let everybody see it and 
and that, that wants to. And they, they explain what's going to happen to everybody. And, and the armor is in charge of it and gives it directly to the actor. The actor, when he's done, gives it directly to the armor. And that's, that's the, that's how it works. Hmm. Yeah. Then, and that, um, Unless you know. unless the item had was faulty, unless there's something that was you know wasn't checked out, like I said, some kind of live round or squib or something that was in it, that should be checked out. So is it a where 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 does the responsibility lie? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's and they have they have different types, right? I mean, they've got they've got ones that don't work. Yeah, and, and they, that are <coughs> the, the, the barrels like plugged at the yeah, end. Yeah, there's, there's flash type guns that just produce like a flare. Or yeah. Something. And there's some that have blanks, so that there's different levels of, of and blanks are the yeah. most dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're real cartridges. What, yeah. I, don't, what yeah. I don't understand yeah. is how two people were injured. Well, from what yeah. I well, yeah. usually where your point, where the actor is pointing the gun, isn't directly at someone. There's right. if it's at the camera, then there's a plexiglass or something, usually a barrier, so people aren't. Directly. This is a period thing, it wasn't. Yeah. It was a western, and western. Um, and yeah, uh, I I, from what I read, and again, this is just one report. From what I read, is that the director was standing behind the the DP, wow. so the bullet so may, was, the bullet may have gone through the DP and injured wow. injured the director. Good lord, man! Wow, that's so. That's, that, that's what I read. I don't know if it's true. Horrible. I don't know if it's true. But anyway, that's the one hell of an LA story. It is, but it reinforces the, the need for safety and. and well, it, well, it really yeah. does. It really does. I mean, I. I I mean, I was I was a Civil War reenactor. I was never an actor. I was a reenactor, a Civil War reenactor. And you're, I, you're I, never in the Civil War. Uh, I was, but that's another story. <laughs> you told me you were, man. Okay, I, I've heard that as well too. I think, but um, there I, of of uh, one of many stories. I went to no, I I went to two national events though that were where somebody got shot. And it, <coughs> really? Yeah. Um, really? Yeah. One, once in uh, in a reenactment of the Battle of Gettysburg, somebody oh, got yeah. somebody got shot uh, because there was some wadding. In a pistol, you know, like somebody had cleaned it with a with a what are those things called? Like a little square rag, Q tips. Oh, yeah, it's just it's just a uh, for cleaning your gun. It's just you know, yeah, it's, it's you know, it looks it's like a patch. It, it, it's a it's cleaning a, patch. It's a patch. Somebody had left that in there. Wow. And uh, they didn't have an arms inspection. You're always supposed to have an arms inspection before you go on these things. And we always had an arms inspection inspection, but these fuckers, for whatever reason, didn't. And somebody pulled out their pistol and fired around, and the wadding, you know, penetrated somebody. And um and and then once in in near Vicksburg, Mississippi, um somebody somebody actually got shot from far away uh, with a with a live round, and they don't think it was a reenactor. They think it was somebody in an adjacent field who might have been, wow, it might have just been a, a an overshoot, you know, like a round that just went errant or something. And um, and he got shot like near the crotch. It was a big deal. He thought people were invading his farm. Now maybe maybe he was like yeah maybe he was shooting at the Yankees because he thought it was fucking eighteen sixty three all over again. I don't know. You know that, some some shit near the crotch is that's near your carotid artery and not carotid. I'm sorry, your femoral artery. It was a big yeah. deal. It was a big deal. Man. You bleed out with that, right? That's yeah. a bleed out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people. A lot of people left. A lot of the reenactors said, "Well, I'm out of here," and they went back to where they came from. We stayed the, the whole weekend. But anyway, so yeah, it's firearm safety is fucking paramount. It's paramount, paramount. But when you're pretending, and and you know, obviously, sometimes people fuck up. Mm. Colonel, what was your uh, Las Vegas highlight? We're gonna bounce over to that. Oh, I would say Frankie's. Yeah, yeah. I was I was a little bummed. We took uh, I took Paul to Frankie's Tiki Room the first time the night before. And they were bringing their colonel there the first time the next night. And uh, they had some scaled-down, shit-ass menu with, like, six cocktails on it. The regular menu has, like, 30 oh, wait, no, no, or something. What was the first place? The first the first bar, Tiki Bar we went to? 
Oh, Golden Tiki? That's the one I liked the best. That was your highlight? Yeah. yeah. I, I like the Disney Hula Girls from the small world they had. And I'm starting to think that, that they could, they wouldn't have had a second set of those. Which is almost kind of creepy, though, right? But you know how they're all, they're all doing that the thing like, <laughs> yeah, that's you, you remember, right? Yeah. It's emblazoned in your, in your... Yeah. They have them. They were up on the... On the I, guess it, I guess depending on how many rum drinks you have, it starts getting charming after a while. Yeah, but how, how did they have them? Did they, would they have an extra set? I mean, they might have had multiples. Yeah, that's, that's probably what it is. Does that ride still exist at Disneyland? Yeah, but I think that they took out a lot of stuff that they found to be offensive, and I was wondering if they somehow thought the Tika girls were offensive. Maybe maybe the guy uh, who designed that place used to work for Disney and had some shit. Wow. Who the hell knows? Yeah. Anyway, they had that kind of Disney face, though, you know, classic. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely them. I mean, it's... Yeah. It was wild. Yeah, Golden Tiki was fun. All right, I got to check yeah. this place out. Yeah. yeah, Golden Tiki, and and then the uh, the drinks were good. Frankie's were good. Frankie's Tiki Room, which was my favorite. Yeah. Well, Frankie's Colonel did not get the full full effect. No, they had the stupid scaled menu, and they had the owner who doesn't know as much about the place as his own bartenders, and because as soon as the as soon as uh, the switch uh, the the uh, shift switch happened, and the other guy that we had dealt with the night before came in, the same drink that. The the owner told Paul he couldn't make because he was missing equipment. Yes. That guy that guy didn't even bat an eye, didn't say a word, didn't say, "Well, we can fudge it." He just said, "Yeah, of course." What are you talking about? And he made it for him, no problem. <laughs> well, he sat there and said that they didn't have any Campari; they had Aperol instead. And there's a bottle of Campari like ten feet away that's two thirds full, and I was just like, "What?" <laughs> but he wanted he wanted to go all ape shit on the guy, and I, I had to calm you down. Yeah. He did. He did let us uh, borrow his. Um, I just let you go. I wonder what was wrong with me. Said, it would have been fun. Do it, man. Jump over the bar and do him. <laughs> do him. Do him up. Yeah, he did let it. He did. He did give us his uh, his uh, Don Ho tiki mug though, so Paul could take pictures of it. Do you got pictures of that, Paul? Show these gentlemen. They'll be on the Facebook page at some point. Actually, it wasn't Don Ho. It was Jack Lord. Oh, I keep saying Don Ho. I mean Jack Lord. There is a Don Ho one as well. There is, yeah. And, no, I, and there's a Magnum PI one, which we saw uh, just before it came over here tonight. Is there a Boog Powell one? Who? <laughs> not that I know of. Boog? Boog, 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 Boog Powell. Powell. Boog Powell is not part of the tiki culture. <laughs> okay. Is this a friend from college? Uh, no, it's a, it's a baseball player. Baseball. Oh, 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 sports ball. Yeah. It's my so. favorite baseball card because the name was so fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. And he looked really cool. Do you guys remember when Cal Ripken had the fuck face bat? I don't. That was a that was a trading card that was worth money for a bit. It said fuck His face bad, on the bat. said fuck face on it on the playing card. Oh, I want that card. Yeah, yeah. shit. I'll bet it's worth some dough. This is a uh, circa nineteen eighty nine, ninety somewhere about there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Fuck what face. A, what a trip. Fuck face. All right, what the fuck are we doing? Uh, let me take a look here and see where we're at. And this show is all. Oh, we were fucking... devolving into vocal fry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. You didn't know? No. Oh, that's yeah, one of my. I love my son, but he started doing that lately, and I'm 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 at right at the point where I'm going to say like, all right, what are you doing? You know, uh, let's go eat. What do you want to go eat, Dad? What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> it's on me. Is it mental entertainment time? It's getting pretty close, but let me give you an odd, uh, odd L.A. tidbit. How does that sound? Okay, sounds good. The L.A. Harbor Lighthouse is the only lighthouse in the world that contains a green light. No shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. There you go. It is time for mental entertainment. Mental entertainment? Not metal entertainment, but Men- mental. 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 All right, mental tainment time. Mental tainment. Should we do the ticker first? Or do you want to do your thing first? Well, let's do the ticker. All right, let's do the ticker. 
That's actually ticker flashback. We've shortened this, too. All the features are gone. Mentaltainment ticker flashback. <laughs> Mentaltainment ticker, Mentaltainment ticker news flashback. On this day in 1844, Millerites, followers of Baptist preacher William Miller, anticipated the end of the world in conjunction with the second advent of Christ. The following day became known as the Great Disappointment. In 1879, using a filament of carbonized thread, Thomas Edison, that film fuck from the East Coast, tested the first practical electric incandescent light bulb. It lasted 13 and a half hours before burning out. Wow. In 1884, the International Meridian Conference designated the Royal Observatory Greenwich as the world's prime meridian. In 1895, in Paris, a, an express train derailed after overrunning the buffer stop, crossing almost 100 feet of concourse before crashing through a wall and falling 33 feet to the road below. Yikes. Wow. In 1910, Howley Harvey Crippen, the first felon to be arrested with the help of radio, was convicted of poisoning his wife. 1934, in East Liverpool, Ohio, FBI agent shot and killed the notorious bank robber, Pretty Boy Floyd. In 1939, NBC became the first network to televise a pro football game. The Brooklyn Dodgers beat the Philadelphia Eagles 23-14, to at Brooklyn's Ebbets Field. In 1964, Jean-Paul Sartre was awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature, but turned down the honor. In 1964, The Who, then known as The High Numbers, received a letter from EMI Records asking them for original material after their recent audition for the company. In 1966, The Supremes became the first female group to have a number one album on the U.S. chart with The Supremes A Go-Go, knocking the Beatles' revolver from the top spot. Ha! Yeah, you don't like Motown either, so shut it. Uh. <laughs> 1969, Paul McCartney publicly denied rumors that he was dead. The most recent of many clues of his death hoax was, of course, the fact that he was the only barefoot Beatle on the newly released Abbey Road cover. In 1979... Uh, he also showed up right after that at, in um, Pioneer Town, uh, California, at Pappy's. Yeah, no, he did. And then, Shortly then, thereafter. Then, then everybody said, oh, of course he's not dead. In uh, 1979, Walt Disney donated their extra set of It's a Small World After All Girls to a tiki nut in Las Vegas. No. In 1979, Walt Disney World saw their 100 millionth guest. In 1986, Jane Dornicker was killed in a helicopter crash during a live traffic report for WNBC Radio New York. Listeners heard the terrified voice of Dornicker screaming. If you don't know who she is, she was a musician, actress, dancer, comedian, and traffic reporter. She most famously co-wrote music for the band The Tubes. In 1990, Pearl Jam played their first ever concert when they appeared at the off-ramp in Seattle. In 2000, George Michael paid $2.18 million for the Steinway piano in which John Lennon wrote Imagine. George said, I know that when my fingers touch the keys on that Steinway, I'll feel truly blessed, and parting with my money has never been much of a problem. Just ask my accountant. Michael outbid uh, Robbie Williams and the Oasis Brothers for that piece of instrumentation 2008 a homeless man claimed a three thousand dollar reward by returning a waxwork head of ex-beetle paul mccartney which had left uh had been left on a train anthony silva found the item in a bin at the reading station yeah, i stole it yeah after auctioneer joby carter left it under a seat at maidenhead station the homeless man thought it was a halloween mask and had been using it as a pillow before realizing it was paul <laughs> mccartney's head <laughs> That's the uh, metal tick, 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 tickety, ticker thing. Yeah. You ready, Paul? You ready? Oh, yeah. You ready yeah. over there? Yeah. All right. It is time for Cinema Polydiso. 
ladies and gentlemen, I got some bad news. Um, what you just heard was the uh, the Cinema Polydiesel theme song stolen from uh, Back to the Future, the Out of Time Orchestra, and um, Alan Silvestri. Yeah, and uh, it's usually recorded, um, and, and and it was recorded earlier this week at the Los Angeles um, Hollywood Bowl. And it was recorded by the Los Angeles Philharmonic, but Eric Stoltz was actually not part of that orchestra. What? No. You wanted to drive over there and get the damn thing. He wasn't even a part of it? No, he wasn't. Monday night, he was actually at Frankie's Tiki Room in Las Vegas. <laughs> what a fuckface. We missed, we missed him by about a day, and so he was not in the orchestra playing any instruments, so there won't be any reward for anybody who guesses. Because he wasn't there. That's that's cool. I've never received the reward yet. Anyway, well, so. you, don't worry. The checks in the mail. Oh yeah. Uh, but today, Cinema Poly. I live in Guam, though, so I suppose it's never going to arrive. Probably never would have got there anyway. Got to uh, swim. Uh, Fuck. I've got two colored speedos. <laughs> yeah, he striked one and a black one. Uh, today, Cinema Poly Diesel takes you back to the year of our Lord, nineteen hundred and sixty. Nineteen sixty. Before any of us were born, including me. Oh fuck off! I know. Can I guess a movie? Is there a clue? Well, I I know you're a big fan. Um, it's a it's a it's a. I think it's in some ways kind of a harbinger of horror films to come. Is it uh, Psycho? It is. Oh, excellent! It is. Uh, now I was hesitant to actually talk about Psycho uh, because there's not a whole fucking lot I felt I could say. And in the past, I've I've said the same thing about other movies that I've talked about on here, like. John Ford's The Searchers, or maybe... With uh, John fucking Wayne? John fucking Wayne, among others. Uh, also, um, definitely, uh, you know, I mean, for our 500 show, I did Citizen Kane. Um, you know, what the fuck hasn't been said about Citizen Kane? But I came to the conclusion, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk about Kane, or The Searchers, or any of the other movies that are four-star films, that should be, um, you know, part of anybody's library or anybody's viewing fucking repertoire or whatever is because as years go by they start to become maybe a little bit less um pronounced and or less prominent in terms of of you know what they represented because you know let's face it this movie is you know 61 years old and um it's going to someday you know a lot of people are going to say wait a minute what, what was that again what, high psycho whatever you know because they were younger audiences were were weaned on you know i know who screamed last summer or whatever the fuck um and um you know i know what you've human, been doing with that chainsaw human centipede human centipede yeah that's right up your alley isn't it or else those saw movies you know right and and and, and i'm not i'm not here to shit on any of those i'm just saying that that and Psycho, Psycho certainly was not the first film to scare the shit out of people. No, it was. That, that, well, that goes. No, that goes back. That goes back to as, as long as cinema, you know, was around. I mean, there were people who were, you know, you're, you're a big fan of Cam, uh, Cal, Caligari, Doctor Cal, Cabinet, Doctor Caligari. You're yeah. a big fan of that. As am I. That was very frightening to people in the 1920s. Wizard, um, Wizard of Oz scared the shit out of me. Well, of course, the flying monkeys. Oh, me too. Oh, for fuck's sake! The tornado scared the shit out of me. Yes, yes, that too. That no, frightening. yeah, no. So I mean, like you know, there's been horror films, and there's been um, maybe not slasher films, but there's been films like about murderers, and and you know, somebody like uh, like one of my favorite films is M, uh, the Fritz Lang one from yeah. 1931, yeah. the Child Killer. Peter yeah, it, it's very, it's very, very, very creepy. And so there's been movies that were that were quite frightening that kept people on the edge of their seats, but Psycho in my opinion, excuse me, seems to be one of those movies on which a lot of movies that came after it were truly derived from. I think uh, the Psycho, the Psycho Killer, um, 
Qu'est-ce que c'est? Yeah, the song. Ah. Like David Byrne, you know, became one, <laughs> um, you know, in, in a, with big shoulder pads and a big linen suit and on stilts or whatever. Um, uh, a sock monkey, a helmet. Yeah, a sock monkey helmet. You know, we've heard about that. But uh, Psycho, I think, Psycho, I think, ushered in uh, True Terror, I think, in a way that maybe a lot of these other movies hadn't. Because, first of all, it's a, it's about something that could happen to to anybody and something that does happen to to anybody in the, in this case what we're talking about is we're talking about a young woman who's traveling alone um who happens to stop at the wrong hotel in the middle of a rainstorm this for those of you who don't know what psycho is it is a 1960 movie directed by the master of suspense alfred hitchcock alfred hitchcock was an english director um who made the trip to America sometime in the 1940s, early 1940s, I think, and stayed in Hollywood for a number of years, um, making um, arguably some of the best suspenseful movies ever made. We've talked about them on the on the show in the past. Uh, my personal favorite, I think, is North by Northwest, um, which is kind of a yeah, it, it's kind of a cross country thriller about an innocent man on the run, which was a very very common theme in Hitchcock films. And we've also talked about a movie that a lot of people didn't even know Hitchcock would direct did direct and if you didn't know better you'd think this is not a hitchcock film but it is and that's the wrong man with henry gaf fonda which is really more of a um which is really more of a noir really more of a film noir than it is a a thriller it's almost like a police procedural but again it's about an innocent man it's about an innocent man who gets wrongly mistaken uh wrongly mistaken for a man who was robbing um grocers and other people in the neighborhood and so he gets arrested he gets bent over the system you know gets bent over and fucked in the ass in the system and it, ouch and it really has a real bad effect uh, psychologically on not only him but his wife his wife becomes very very depressed as a result of it so that's a really good film psycho psycho man i'll tell you though it pulls out a lot of stops um it, it it's a it's a story um that is based on a book by the same name, Psycho, by Robert Block, uh, directed by Alfred Hitchcock, screenplay by Joseph Stefano. It was produced by Hitchcock as well. It stars Anthony Perkins, Vera Miles, John Gavin, Martin Balsam, John McIntyre, Janet Lee. Martin Balsam. And um, I, one of the things that was extremely uh, influential in this film was the music itself by Bernard Herrmann. Bernard Herrmann was a legendary film composer. Uh, and just look, if you if you can't remember which one's that I've talked about in the past. Just Google his name, Bernard Herman. Uh, the very last one was Taxi Driver. One of the That's very, right. one of the very first ones. I can't remember. But we've talked about a lot of Bernard Herman's. A lot of Bernard Herman scores. Credits by Saul Bass. We've talked about Saul Bass a yeah, lot. Yeah, he did the title credits, which which you may not think are all that important, but I mean, if but you're, you're fucking wrong. No, you're totally wrong. Have you because Kane too. Yeah. Um, That's him. Uh, Saul Bass. No, Bernard Herman. Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, I think he did. Yeah, it sounds right. I think he did. So I mean, um, that's a good. That's what we would call a fucking correction. But I think, um, I think, I think he did. I think Herman did do uh, Kane. But um, nope, that up. If you look it up now, yeah, we can't don't tell it. us. You can't look it up. <laughs> that's not how it works. Um, <laughs> it kills the segment for the next week. Okay, okay. Uh, what you're talking about here, uh, real briefly, with Psycho is is it, it's a contemporary film. It was filmed in 1960, and that's right around the time it takes place because the novel was only written the year before. Um, it's about a young woman who um, is in her early 30s, and she's having an affair with a man who has a has an ex-wife, and he owes her a lot of money and alimony, and they want to get married. This man works in a um, 
um, in a shit-ass hardware store. hardware store. And so he doesn't have a lot of dough. Um, and he has to, you know, he has to work in order to pay off his ex-wife. And then hopefully if she gets married, then he's not on the hook for alimony. Well, his girlfriend, a um, woman named Marion Crane, who is played by Janet Lee, uh, works in a bank. And um, there's a big wheel, there's a big wheeler dealer who has just closed a real estate deal. And he has a uh, he has forty thousand dollars in cash, which was a shitload of money in nineteen sixty. And um, he gives it to, to the banker, and the banker gives it to um, Marion to put in the bank over the weekend, so that they don't have cash just lying around. She, uh, that Friday afternoon, I think she she was supposed to go to the her her boss is uh, not a banker, right? Or is it a real estate guy, or is he a banker? Well, he's a banker, but they don't want to have uh, they don't want it laying in the office. Um, I can't recall exactly why they couldn't put it in a safe or something. Uh, they had to take it. To, I don't. Maybe it is a real estate office. I can't recall. It must be because you wouldn't take it to the bank if it was a bank. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it must be a real estate. Anyway, the deal is that they can't have it in the office, and so she has to take it to um to the bank and she never goes she never shows up because she wants to steal it so that she and her fiance her lover can yeah. get away from Phoenix this is in Phoenix Arizona and when her coworker sees the 40,000 laying there she says i do declare and the old man says i don't that's why i get to keep it <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, and, and and her her boyfriend Sam actually lives in California somewhere, so she's going to go meet him. Fairvale, yeah, she lives in in, in Phoenix. Um, she takes off in in the, in her car with forty thousand dollars, and she gets to a a hotel, a, um, a kind of an off the beaten path hotel in the middle of a rainstorm, place called the Bates Motel, and meets the proprietor Norman Bates, played by Anthony Perkins, and. Um, Anyway, some things happen. Some things happen at this motel, and uh, poor Marion never, never gets to, never gets to re- reunite with her, with her husband, or her husband to be her fiance, her boyfriend, her lover. Never, never makes it. Sam Loomis. Uh, yeah, and um, so it's a missing person story. It's a mystery in that sense. We, the audience, kind of have an idea what's happening. We think we do. Um, the Norman. The proprietor, um, about a thirty-year-old man who's kind of nebbish, kind of unsure of himself, uh, lives alone in a house near the near these this, near this motel, which has about twelve cabins. Why well, isn't living alone? Well, he's living with his mother, with his mother, who's kind of an invalid and domineering, kind of crazy, nuts. And so we've got some some bad shit happening, and and then there's a private investigation that takes place. Um, by Martin Balsam. Arbogast. Yeah, a man named Arbogast who comes looking. And then I think Marion and her sister, who's played by Vera Miles. That's right. right. Marion's boyfriend, Sam, and her sister, uh, who's played by Vera Miles, start to also get involved in trying to look. And the local sheriff, of course, is involved as well. So it is a whodunit, but it's also a mystery. And But first and foremost, what it is, is it's a thriller. And um, I think... In, in my lifetime, I've seen a lot of scary movies. It's Horror is not necessarily my genre, but this is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. And I think that, I mean, I watched it on the airplane, actually flying here again. 
um, just to kind of like watch it again. Just to, it's been a while since I'd seen it, maybe a few years. And there are certain scenes, and I'm not going to tell you what they are, but there are certain scenes within this film that I've seen dozens and dozens of times. And watching them again, they are no less uh, fucking terrifying than they were the first time I saw them. And um, I don't know, I think maybe because less is more, we don't see a whole lot of gore in this. But we, uh, much of it is implied. It's left to the imagination, a lot of it. Yeah, a lot yeah. of it. Which is why it's effective. Uh, the score, Bernard Herrmann's score is, uh, is, is it's piercing. And it comes in at the at the worst possible yes, moments. Yeah, at the worst. At the worst possible <laughs> moments, his, the, the score comes yeah. in. It's like shrieking violins, yeah. and 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 it's like you, you hear that music, and it's like, well, I guess it's time to shit my pants again, be, be, <laughs> be, 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 because you brown, know, brown spot. Yeah. And, and it, That's and my favorite brown, Irish whiskey, brown, brown spot. It's like a shriek, reek, reek. It's more like a more like a shriek, shriek, shriek. Isn't it kind of like Colonel? Do you bring your violin with? Yeah, you play it for us. Yeah, but anyway, um, I think one of the things that, that you know, so suffice it to say that that, that this movie, I think, after sixty one years, to me, it still really, really holds up. Um, there's obviously some dated elements about it. it. It gets a little heavy in dialogue at certain times. Yeah, but it's never, it, it never loses its track. I mean. It, it never goes off track. Uh, I'm drawn in as I watch this thing through the entire second act, which is usually a minefield. Um, and I think um, we saw a lot of signature camera moves. And very few directors ever move the camera better than Hitchcock. Brian De Palma um, kind of stole from him, I think. And I don't think I think he'd be probably the first one to paid homage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, right. and if, yeah, but if you're gonna, if you're going to, the art is thievery. Well, if yeah, if you're gonna yes. steal, if you're gonna steal, you should do it um, well from the back. <laughs> oh well, and, and 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 he did, and he did, yeah. and I think that Hitch, Hitchcock in uh, <laughs> you guys just shit your pants. Yeah, okay. The, the, yes, I did. Thank you. Uh, you got any toilet paper over there, kid? <laughs> um, no, I think that that this movie um, uh, shows some of Hitchcock's best camera work: dolly shots, crane shots, Marion crane shots, Marion crane shots. And um, and it's something that I think um, uh, truly uh, truly stands the test of time. Uh, before I give my final score on it and explain why I gave that particular score, what do you guys? I'd like to hear from you guys on this particular film because I know you've seen it before more than once. Who? Oh, oh any, us? Any, any of you oh. fuckers? Well, I would say, without giving too much away to the, the, the you know the twists, um, I would say that, that this story it was influenced from. Uh, a true crime thing. I got him, Ed Gein. Ed Gein, sure. Plainfield, Wisconsin. Who, who captivated a lot of filmmakers, um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, even um, uh, Silence of the Lambs. I just feel like Psycho was the first one to kind of deal with that subject, even though it was sort of not fully in, until maybe it's Texas Chainsaw or something really. But Well, we are less than a decade, right, from the events of Ed Gein to Psycho being made. There's a There's a... A horrifying aspect to it that's it, that I don't even think Psycho really fully touched on because I don't think people they probably were ready couldn't. for it. They probably couldn't because it was so terrifying. The idea of what he what what was going on. What was going yeah. wrong? Yeah, it's like it's like it's almost like you can't even comprehend it. It's so horrifying. Yeah, exactly. And I think and I and I don't think there had been too many movies before this, at least in my 
in, in my experience and in my research, there hadn't been really any movies before it right. that that truly um, uh, dramatized it in this kind of a way. Yeah, and audiences were completely blown away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for me, it's one of those moments in life where you, you know, there's <coughs> that, that, that you can have, you can get imprint, imprint. I'm sorry, imprinted. There we go. Um, with certain events. And you remember them because they changed things for you, you know. And this that film has one of those moments where I was imprinted, which, of course, if you've seen it, you know what it is. But I can never, literally never take a shower with yeah. a, with a, with a, with a, with a, with a plastic shower <laughs> screen. With, with the, where the bathroom door, like, open. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, where that doesn't come to mind. Yeah. Like, if, yeah. if, it's, if you go into a hotel yeah. and it's like a cheaper hotel and it's got a plastic shower curtain immediately just i hear the music yeah yeah it's true and you know and shit yourself yes that's right well good thing you're in a shower though. yeah it's like jaws to me in the it's, drain it's, they're, 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 they're in deep water all the drain i think yeah. about something coming up like yeah. a shark it's the same thing in the shower i think mm-hmm. of, yes, and the other image is the drain down. you know yeah 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 no the, i i absolutely I, I absolutely agree the shower curtain is is, is key and, you know, something you're not going to see in the movie, but you can go on YouTube and you can read about all this stuff are the original trailer for it, which is, is not clips of the movie. It's more about Hitchcock walking around the set saying odd things. And, you know, and regarding the theaters and stuff, the strict rules that were in place for people who went to theaters to see it, you couldn't come in late. You know, if you just all kinds of things the managers of the theaters had to promise and stuff regarding not giving away the secret and, you know, arrive on time or you're not going to see Psycho. And it was just all kinds of great stuff about that, too. I think Hitchcock at that time was actually taking a gamble on making Psycho. I think he was at a point. Oh, it was a well, he threw in almost all of his own money, which yeah. is why he made a fortune from it, too. Yeah, he really did because this film. Um was made for a little over eight hundred thousand dollars. That was the budget. A little over eight hundred thousand, which even by nineteen sixty standards was very low. And at the box office, it earned over fifty million. Oh my god! At that time? Well, I think I don't. I don't know exactly. Um, I don't know whether or not it That's was initial box office receipts, but the movie earned at the box office. Uh, it, that might include re-releases, yeah. but it earned fifty million against a eight hundred and six thousand plus. Dollar budget. It's one of his top five films. It truly Vertigo is. is my favorite of all time. Right, but North by Northwest also and Psycho are like the top three. Yeah, they're they're up there. They they're all thrillers, but of all of his big movies, yeah. Psycho is the only one that I would say is a horror movie. It, yeah. It, and it, yeah, Norman Bates. You know, yeah, yeah, okay. And it truly is. But uh, that said, um, I give I still give the based on a zero to four stars. I still give this a three and a half star. I give it three and a half stars. And the only reason I don't give it four stars is because, unfortunately, um, and it doesn't ruin the film, but uh, at the very end of the, the film, last five minutes, <laughs> the last, well, the, the last, the last one minute is just is brilliant. The last two minutes is brilliant, but unfortunately, the third act, the the resolution, yeah. um, they introduce a character uh, who tells us a lot of information we don't need to know. Now that you know, Simon I, Oakland. Yeah, and I can say that. I can say that yeah. now. Maybe audiences in 1960 wanted some sort of explanation and don't don't tell don't not I'm not going to tell anybody what he was talking about not. but maybe maybe audiences in 1960 really wanted some sort of an explanation as to what the fuck they had just seen <laughs> and so this guy said well and then you know he's a psychiatrist and he explains kind of what we just saw um I always felt that was superfluous because I I don't think the audience really needed to fucking know at all and um and had it just cut from that previous scene to the to the the last two minutes, 
I don't think the movie would have lost anything. But um, the, I, I have the luxury of saying that years later and looking back at it retroactively in 1960. Who knows? Maybe I would have would have liked it just as much. Or did it? Did it need? Did it need some kind of buffer though? Did, maybe not Simon Oakland delivering this whole you know bunch of shit. But did it need something? Could it have went from? essentially the end of the movie right to the epilogue with without any kind of a space in between it would have seemed maybe odd there i think i almost think there needed to be something i i I don't know what no i needed a dance number yeah a little musical routine between the jets and the sharks would have been good there's information at that point that if it was woven into the story earlier it might have tipped the hat yeah. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. No. The, yeah. They couldn't give anything away. But yeah, that's, I, that's I, the only thing. I think a, right. a dance number that, like Bill Holden um, said, takes place on a torpedo boat, but um, Okies in the Dust Bowl. Um, <laughs> that I think um, you know that would be. You're right. I think I think I think Psycho should have had its final shot, and it said, "Meanwhile, in the South Pacific, yeah. <laughs> right. and then yeah. in Guam." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, you, the, the thing is, though, uh, bottom line, kids, um, three and a half stars from 1960, yeah, okay. um, Alfred Hitchcock's masterpiece, um, yeah. um, Psycho. And if you haven't seen it, Especially you know, for Halloween. Then fucking, you know, yeah, it's Halloween. If you haven't seen this movie for. For fuck's sake, see it, because all of these films um, that you're watching now, um, you know, all of the, the Conjuring or all of these other films, whatever it is, all of the slasher slash horror films or the fucking whatever. I don't know, man. They, a lot of them, the, the road to those went through Psycho. It really did. Yeah. Yeah. This was this was a game changer back in, in 1960. And, um, sh- you know, show some fucking respect and watch it. It's still a game changer. Yeah. There's nothing like it. Yeah. We're going to take us a quick commercial break. Thanks to Cinema Poly Diesel. We'll see you all in just a second. What's good for one can be good for two. And little Bucky has what's good for you. This week's TV specials, Kleenex Towels Jumbo Roll for only 59 cents. Two pounds of Folgers Coffee TV special, $5.79. Dr. Scholl's Men's and Women's Air Pillow insoles just 66 cents. Check your newspaper for the store nearest you. Go to little Bucky's because it's good for you. All right, we are back. EMR and Assault on Stupidity. Cinema Poly so just wrapped up, but apparently there are a couple more things that need to be said. I turn now to our very own The Colonel. Yes, I just wanted to make a motion for reconsideration of your three-and-a-half-star ruling, because rating, rather, because a film like this that's so seminal in creating an entire genre and influencing so many other filmmakers is so much better than so many other films. It's, it's what's left is worth four stars, in my opinion. And that you can overlook that last part because of its influence, because of its importance. And I would argue that a film like that, you, you know, so it's got a little bit of chaff that you can overlook. And the rest of it just, perfect. You, is it, perfect. Yeah, just delete that and you still got four stars. That's my argument, Your Honor. Can you um, hand me that pen there, please? Yes, yes, thank you very much, Counselor. I'm going to rule on that shortly. <laughs> 
Be careful, that was 28 bucks. Okay, hang on one moment. And um, Arthur, if you'd like to chime in on that, I'm going to make a few notes here, and I'm going to rule on that presently, so please bear <laughs> with me. What the fuck? I've never by seen anything like this before. And, Go ahead, Arthur. And by the way, Vertigo is a perfect four. That, to me, is the most perfect Hitchcock film ever. I don't know. The stairway didn't make me as dizzy as I thought it should have. The stairway? <laughs> At the end, then. Oh, yeah. Uh, Even with a... <laughs> well, if if it had been that stairway, and then all of a sudden it had some pants shitting violins. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I don't know. Okay, okay. Some uh, pants shitting. It's missing pants shitting. It is missing and pants shitting. Sick, sick man. Yes. Um, you know, after <laughs> after further consideration. Oh and, boy. And and because of what the counselor has so adequately um brought up, our legal department has checked in. Our, our legal department has checked in. I will. I, I've also consulted with the home office and busted whistle Arkansas. What? And um, I, what do you have a hotline right to your fucking brain? Well, no. I just basically just you know texted them and oh. they got back to me on on, on this ruling, uh, at least this decision making process. And I think based on what on what you brought up in your arguments, also uh, in conjunction with my caveat which was not having seen this film in 1960 not having seen this film in 1960 which therefore I can't I can't adequately say whether or not um, the, uh, the 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 part that I felt was flawed was indeed flawed in 1960 I'm going to reverse my own ruling on this and I'm going to give this four stars outstanding I thought he was going to go down to two and a half just to piss no, us all off I think you're on a notice waved uh, yes yeah, so so thank you <laughs> thank you counselor and 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 uh, for the court reporters just make sure that goes into the record um, I am definitely reversing my my uh, ruling on this and so from 1960 uh, it's a must see viewing this month Alfred Hitchcock's masterpiece uh, Psycho is now a four star film. <laughs> it's now a four-star film. Excellent. Thank you again, Cinema Pauly Diso. My pleasure. You better thank him, too, because he... I did. Yeah, well, thank, th- thank, thank you, Counselor. Thank you again, Your Honor. You're, you're very welcome. Oh, you called him Your Honor. That's why I missed it. We're, 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 we're thanking an invisible judge over there somewhere. Got it. You okay? I'm fine. All right, good. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's face. a face, yeah. No, it's <laughs> I face. thought you were pissing or something. I don't know what was going on. Oh, uh, it's time for the EMR mind-boggling screenwriters quiz. Maybe it's mind-boggling, maybe it's not. I don't know. You guys are all fucking junkies, so this might be like, hey, back to kindergarten. Where's a, a multiple choice? We'll start uh, We'll start with the colonel with the answering process. Number one, Mario Puzo was called to Hollywood to work on the screenplays for all three Godfather films. He also wrote a screenplay for what comic book superhero? A, Batman, B, Iron Man, C, Spider-Man, D, Superman. Superman. You're not the colonel, my friend. I'm going to go with him. Oh, you are? Yeah, I'm going to go with Arthur. Oh, yeah? Uh, Arthur's my vote. Or That's why Arthur's supposed to not answer until last. Did you repeat him again? Yeah. A Batman, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Superman, or uh, Johnny Buttfuck Supremo. <laughs> Aquaman. Aquaman's not an option, you know my friend. I have no fucking idea, so I'm going to say Superman because I don't yeah. want to be a dumbass. Puzo wrote the original story for 1978 Superman and contributed to the screenplay for Superman 2. Okay. I didn't know that. How do you like that shit? Number two, uh, William Saroyan was of Armenian uh, descent, born in Fresno in 1943. Saroyan was hired to write a screenplay for MGM. The script was deemed too long, and in protest, he was fired or he protested and was fired. He transformed the script into a novel and published it just before the film's release. What was the name of his novel? A, The Slaughter of the Innocents, B, The Time of Your Life, C, The Human Comedy, or D, My Name is Aram. Colonel. Why, why are you looking at me? Because you're starting. I already started. 
you guessed. No, it's always no. This is the way it goes every time. Oh, is that written in stone? Yes. Like a tablet in the mountain. Yeah, it's in the mountain somewhere. Okay, what are the? I saw it on the way here today. Choices again. Slaughter of the innocents. The time of your life. The human comedy. My name is Aram. The human comedy. Okay. Paul. And what year was this fucker born? Oh, I don't know. Forty three. Uh, Forty three. He was hired to write some shit. I don't oh, know when 43, he was born. Forty three. Okay. Um, I'm going to say the the last one. The Aram. The name is Aram Arthur. What's the second one? The time of your life. The time of your life. Uh, the colonel is correct. The human comedy. Another screenwriter was credited with the writing for the film, and that and that writer earned an Academy Award for it. Sadly, comedy. Number three, at least eighteen films have been adapted for the screen from this author. He was often cited as uh, from a story or additional dialogue, but his name as a screenwriter appeared in only two films. Named the novelist who wrote Mildred Pierce. A. Raymond Chandler, B. James M. Kane, C. Dashiell Hammett, or D. Mickey Spillane. Who, who wrote Mildred Pierce? Yes, the novelist. Say it again. Raymond Chandler, James M. Kane, Dashiell Hammett, Mickey Spillane. Uh, the second person. James M. Kane, okay. Uh, he uh, he appeared on a uh, screen credit as a screenwriter. He was often cited in, uh, like from a story by or okay, additional yeah, he, dialogue. It was Kane. Okay. Same. Well, it must have been Kane then. James M. Kane, yes, correct. Number four, Dorothy Parker gained fame as a literary critic, a poet, and a central wit of the renowned Algonquin Roundtable. In the 1930s, she ventured to Hollywood. While there, she had uh, she had two Oscar nominations for Best Screenplay. Which of these is not tied to Miss Parker? A, A Star is Born, 1937. B, A Star is Born, 1976. C, Smash Up, 1947. Or D, The Little Foxes, 1941. C. C, Smash Up. A Star is Born, 76. Okay. <clears throat> Paul's correct. B, A Star is Born, 76. Parker was nominated for the 37 and the 54 versions of A Star is Born, but not 76. Number five, Roald Dahl was a man of many talents. His written works are numerous. He's perhaps most famous for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Which of these spy novels did he adapt for the screen? A, Octopussy. B, You Only Live Twice. C, Our Man in Havana. Or D, The Third Man. <laughs> that can't be The Third Man. Well, it can be. Well, it can be. Right? Which, which did, he, did he not? Which of these spy novels did he adapt for the screen? Okay. Octopussy, You Only Live Twice, Our Man in Havana, The Third Man. I know it. I, you do know it? Mm -hmm. That's why you're going last. But I'm not going last. I'll say Our Man in Havana. Okay. Paul, our man on the floor. Uh, I'm going to say our man in Havana. Okay. You only live twice. It is you only live twice. Very good. Way to go, Cad. Number six, Ray Bradbury died in 2012, leaving behind a legacy of superb fantasy and sci-fi. In 1956, he was called upon to adapt what novel of a sea adventure into a screenplay? A, Kane Mutiny, B, Mr. Roberts, C, Mutiny on the Bounty, or D, Moby Dick? Wow. Say the choices again. Kane Mutiny, Mr. Roberts, Mutiny on the Bounty, Moby Dick. Wow, this is interesting. Uh, it's going to be the A or B, I think. I'm just going to say B. What the hell? Mr. Roberts. In in what year? I don't know. Uh, 56. 56. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Moby Dick. Okay. Where I was going to lean. That is correct. D, Moby Dick. It is wow. Moby Dick? It is. And the final one, William Faulkner was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1949 and eventually collaborated on several screenplays. 
Which of these films was Faulkner, uh, Faulkner not given a writing credit? For which of these was he not given a writing credit? A, Mildred Pierce. B, The Big Sleep. C, To Have and Have Not. D, Slave Ship. Slave Ship. Okay. Mildred Pierce. Oh, uh, or E, Ghost Dad. That would, no. <laughs> Mildred Pierce. <laughs> I was going to say Slave Ship, too. It is A, Mildred Pierce. That's the fucking game. All right. And so, let's see. Uh, y'all got one. And yeah, there's a winner. There's a winner in there somewhere. Uh, where's my chicken dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking chicken dinner. Ooh, odd, uh, odd L.A. tidbit. The oldest building in L.A. County is the 1795 Gage Mansion in Bell Gardens. 17, what? What year? 1795. Wow. Paul's favorite area of town, the Bell Gardens. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a fucking jewel <laughs> of Southern California. Fucking jewel. What's up, Paul? My dick. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we well, talk about Bell Gardens, he's like... <laughs> oh, guys, guys never change. <laughs> he's sitting around look, still laughing look. at that shit. <laughs> My dick. <laughs> look, I haven't said that since about... 1982. You haven't said that since about yeah, 3 o'clock. I've said that since Vegas. <laughs> no, seriously. Since Frankie's. Seriously. Since Frankie's. That was something that, was something that uh, when I, I used to work at, um, at Consolidated Freightways, they weren't around anymore, but it was like yellow freight or, any, you know, like um, yeah. shipping. And I used to strip containers, um, you know, um, trailers of freight and everything. And that's what the boss always used to say. Um, somebody would ask. His name was Abe. And he was a real tough guy. And hey, hey, what's up? And it'd say, my dick, want to fuck it? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that language is frowned upon now in the workplace. <laughs> this, was, this was a Teamster gig. You know, Abe, Abe was not a wallflower. Wanna you know what's going to happen? We're going we're to both be in the same retirement home, and it's going to be bingo night. I'm going to go into the bingo room and be like, hey, what's up, Paul? Hey, my dick. <laughs> want to fuck it? <laughs> want to watch Psycho? <laughs> <laughs> bingo. Anyway, so you're right. You're right. That's frowned upon. That's that's filthy. And I, I apologize to everybody, everybody, everybody here, and everybody listening. I I apologize. But that you was, know what? All the guys shocking. in the bingo room are going to be like, <laughs> "Yeah, mine too." How's about that? Somebody's going to be like, "Oh, ah, ah!" Just heal over. Some of the old ladies will go. Some of the old ladies will say. Well, I declare. <laughs> I don't. That's why I get to keep it. You're going to say, men, they never change. Well, I never. That's right. Um, okay, well. okay. You don't want to fall asleep on a bingo dauber. And no, get that any, big anyway, black wait, spot it, in the middle of your forehead. To answer your question, I'm you know just having a good time here You know, uh, at this podcast. Whose question about what? Was there well, a question you know, involved you said, in that? You said, you said, what's up? You said, what's up? Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that, that's what's up. Well, uh, for all intents and purposes, that's it. That is the show. Well, what do you we, think of that shit? Well, we, we, we have... We got, oh, we got birthdays? Well, that's why I was asking you what's up. Well, what? And you're like, my dick, I want to fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we have birthdays. Oh, okay. Can I have that $30 pen back? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Ouch. Okay. Oh, yeah, birthdays. We got birthdays. Oh, birthdays. We got EM birthdays. So these yeah. are birthdays for today. Today's date? Never yeah. Is that right? Uh, well, I don't know. Well, 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 we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a right. moment. Yeah. Oh, we will? Oh, yeah. Okay. These birthdays have been brought to you by our friends and sponsors in the Southland, Pete Ellis Dodge. Pete Ellis Dodge, Long Beach Freeway, Firestone, Exit, Southgate. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're visiting the Southern California area and would like a complimentary pair of tickets to be part of our studio audience... 
please visit our good friends and sponsors at Pete Ellis Dodge. They are located at 5800 Firestone Boulevard in the lovely city of Southgate. Just take the Long Beach Freeway off the Firestone exit, head east, and look for the hot air balloons flying above the lot. Uh, when you get there, um, well, you're probably not going to find them. They haven't been there since the early 90s. However, however, you will only be about two and a half blocks from the birthplace of legendary actor, director, and producer Horace Shitass. What else is there? <laughs> Cosmo Dergaloo's 25-acre house of used sex toys. Yeah, gently used sex toys. And the um, ghost fuck ranch. <laughs> there, is a, there is a house of ill repute there known as a ghost house. And, and there you could... <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't Horace have a middle initial? Horace Q shit ass. Is it Q? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's Horace Q shit ass. God, after all these years, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And at, at Ghost House, you might find the ghost of Ned Blocker bending over L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, basically, the Ghost House is a house of ill repute. And uh, you can go there for just regular services. They have, you know, prostitutes there, and you can just do, you know, whatever you want. And, you know, that's legal and whatnot, even though it's illegal. <laughs> even though it's illegal. But. <laughs> So just do anything you want. No, no, no. It's off the books. <laughs> no, but if you are if you are one of those people who are into paranormal activity, um, apparitions and that kind of thing, they're the ghost of Dan Blocker and the ghost of <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of the ghost of Dan Blocker and the ghost of Lafayette Ronald Hubbard. You, you've heard of him, right? I, I didn't know his name was Lafayette. Lafayette. Yeah, yeah Lafayette. Okay. L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. Yeah. Lafayette. The, the, okay. go, the ghosts of Dan Blocker and the ghosts of... Uh, <laughs> you got to clean this up, right? <laughs> <laughs> Please clean this up. The ghost I'm not cleaning that chair. Hey, Paul, what's up? The ghosts of Dan Blocker <laughs> and the ghosts of L. Ron Hubbard are actually usually a bell. You know, you can see them screw their apparitions have sex. <laughs> Apparition sex. Yeah, at the ghost house. And it's also um, located near the Slapahoe Indian Casino. Yeah. <laughs> which is true. It's a real. That's there's a deal. Is there a, the is there a deal? Uh, in the drain. <laughs> no, that, that, is there a deal this month? I heard there's a deal over at the Slapahoe. Well, yeah. At the, so you're only going to be about. You're going to be about three blocks in the Slapahoe Indian Casino. And if you mention EMR, they're going to give you 50% off of their Skippy Burger. Which is basically a, a, a juicy hamburger with Skippy peanut butter on it. Yeah, that's it's delightful. Really it's really, oh yeah, it's really good. So, yeah. Any, Skippy, yeah, Skippy, yeah, so. yeah. So anyway, check it out. And uh, you, you know, we don't actually have a studio audience, so you can't get a pair of tickets anyway. But uh, these are Ian. Oh, we could. We could figure that out. <laughs> yeah. These are Ian birthdays for the week of October twenty second through October 28th, so it's for a week. Uh, okay, okay, okay. But today, as I read this, which is October 22nd. Today? Today. As you read this. Yeah, so these people were actually born. This is their birthday today. What is the date today, anyway? Uh, October 22nd. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so today, Friday, October 22nd, uh, is the birthday for these folks. Got it. We normally don't do these, but smoking Hot YouTube star, uh, Sniper Wolf. I think it's SS Sniper Wolf. Okay, SS Sniper Wolf, 29 years old today. Yeah. The fantastic, the amazing Mr. Jeff Goldblum is 69 today. Fuck yeah. 69, there you go. Uh, the flux, Good number, Jeff. The flux capacitor is what makes birthday cakes possible. The great Christopher Lloyd, Ooh. 83 years old. Today. 83. Wow. Doc, Doc Fuck Brown, yeah. Doc Brown himself. Uh, she may have been in repulsion, but she is anything but re- but repulsive. Nice. Nice. A stunning uh, Catherine Deneuve, uh, 78 years old. 78. Today. She's amazing. Yeah, to- totally. 
Uh, she may have been, oh, I'm sorry. Well, you know, I like that. I'm going to read it again. She may have been in repulsion, but she is anything but repulsive. Catherine Deneuve. Catherine Deneuve. Yeah, I think if you were a frog, you would yeah. say Catherine Deneuve. Yeah, the Home Office did a good job on that one. Yeah, they did. Uh, no. Big big time <clears throat> composer, lyricist, musician in the film and TV world, Mark Scheiman. 62 today. Yeah. Born Adam Spiegel, he went on to become awesome director Spike Jones, 52 years old. Fuck yeah. I believe Spike Jones was married to uh, Sofia Coppola. You are correct, and he's in the Spiegel is, yes, those Spiegel people. Yeah, so, I mean, that makes him a personal hero of mine right off the bat, the, the Coppola. Thing. Yeah. Uh, stunning and talented and uh, stunningly talented Brit actress, Saffron Burroughs, 49 years old today. Yeah, she's something else. A beautiful actress most known for her role on Medium from Minneapolis, Sophia, um, is it the Vasilivia? Sure, whatever. Sophia Vasilivia, 29 years old today. Yeah. Uh, for the rest of the week, starting tomorrow and running through the 28th, uh, one of the all-time greatest footballers, Brazilian legend Pele, yeah. will be 81 years old. Yeah. A beautiful and talented Scorpio. actress. A beautiful and talented actress known for, but not limited to, got... GLT? Game of Thrones. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, that's how fucking Aren't cool. there periods there? Yeah, but that's how fucking clueless I am. <laughs> and a small O? Yeah, I know, but fuck. I mean, I never watched the fucking show. I mean, what, what do I know? I'm a fucking old fuck. A beautiful and talented actress known for, but not limited to Game of Thrones. Brit Amelia Clark will be 35. Yes. Uh, the man has made a career out of having fun with other people's music. Weird Al Yankovic will be 62. Fuck yeah. You never thought the Hulk could have had a, a zen moment until this guy directed him. Ang Lee will be 67. Indeed. Director responsible for Evil Dead and introduced, introducing us to his friend Bruce, Sam Raimi, will be 62. Fuck yeah. God, is that all? What I, do you want? He's a fucking child. If you don't like this actor, you are a card-carrying communist. F. Murray Abraham will be 82. Fuck yeah. He's awesome. Uh, don't call him stupid. Talented actor and husband of Phoebe Cates, Kevin Klein, will be 74. Yeah. Don't call me stupid. <laughs> he often plays really bad people. Brilliant and overlooked actor B.D. Wong will be 62. Way overlooked. Yeah. Um, the fuck is he? He's B.D. Wong. Okay. B.D. 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 Right on, Wong. Okay. Uh, when she told us she kissed a girl, record sales weren't the only thing climbing. Katy Perry will be 37. Um, wow, that's like a Paul joke. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Boy, she's just a kid, too. How old? 37. Oh, yeah. Uh, music enthusiast, uh, original, and still drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Chad Smith, will be 60 years old. Fuck yeah. Uh, yes. Music enthusiast, uh, okay, never mind, same thing. Uh, she played a famous Milwaukee mom, but she is from Minnesota. Actress Marion Ross, Mrs. Hello. C. Hello. Mrs. C. Happy yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Cunningham. Yeah, she will be uh, 93 years old. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's an old fucker. Um, this guy also plays some <laughs> fucked up characters. Respect, respect, respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this, guy also, this guy also plays some fucked up character, usually pronouncedly Jewish. Adam Goldberg will be 52. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, confused. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was great in that. Um, also, Saving Private Ryan, among oh, yeah. other things. Oh, yeah. Oh, what a scene. Um, lights on, volume down, pants off. Pop singer, Ciara? Sure. 36. C-I-A-R-A? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ciara. Okay. She'll be 36. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, possibly the luckiest and most talented son of a bitch in showbiz, in showbiz rather, uh, Seth MacFarlane will be 48. That son of a bitch. Talented son of a bitch. Uh, talented, the whole thing. Got the whole thing going. That fucker. 
Um, well, Jerry did. Um, Jerry did what? He fucked Seth MacFarlane. He does dudes now. That's what that's what you just said. I mean, we were we were talking about Seth MacFarlane, and you said the whole thing. I'd fuck him. No, I didn't say I'd fuck him, and I'm not Jerry. Well, Holy shit. Well, who were you talking about? I was talking about he was talented, and he's got the whole thing going on. I didn't say anything about Jerry or I'd fuck him. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. You rewind it. You <laughs> what do you mean rewind it? It's a live conversation. They okay. don't go back. Okay, then. All right, well, Jerry might have. but I Okay, well, there you go. Uh, he brilliantly portrayed a dozen versions of Dr. Harrison Wells on The Flash. Uh, Tom Cavanaugh will be 58. Oh, right on. Fuck yeah. yeah he's Yeah, he's cool. Uh, we aren't sure how he keeps his equilibrium while watching that wheel spin endlessly. Pat Sajak will be 75. Wow. Fuck yeah. Uh, from the where did he go department, Napoleon Dynamite himself, John John Hader, or is it Header? Hader, I think. That's Hader, I thought. H-E-D-E-R. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with Hader. Yeah. Uh, John Hader uh, will be 44. Fuck yeah. Uh, from the smash hit jingle all the way, oh God. <laughs> it's Rita Wilson. She'll be sixty-five. No, you're okay. talking about Tom Hanks' wife. Tom Hanks' yeah, wife. Yeah. Okay. No, that is the that is the film Jingle All the Way, the the Christmas movie with Arnold. That is not to be confused with the porn film I directed in 1999 called Jism All the Way. Okay. Right. A lot of people mistake the two. In fact, people have come up to me and they've actually said, "I didn't know you directed Arnold Schwarzenegger," and I said, "I did not." So I'm just. Yeah, just, you snuck your way into Comic-Con once with that. Yeah, I did. They, they didn't realize who you were. They thought you were the other one. Exactly. Uh, she was an angel. Fuck yeah. She was an angel. Boy, was she an angel. Actress Jacqueline Smith. 76 years old she would be. Mm-hmm. Jacqueline Smith was a charter member of my Spank Bank. She, yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> let me see here. Uh, a charter member. A charter member. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, she may have been fucking chairman of the board for a long time. I mean, she was, she was like one of the very fucking first. She drafted the Constitution, the whole thing. <laughs> you know, I mean, the whole thing. And she was, you know. She drafted my Constitution. <laughs> You know what I mean. Uh, this man who can be confused with uh, the man who can be confused with Der- uh, Dermot Mulroney. Uh, don't do that. This is Dylan McDermott, and I do that all the time still. <laughs> yeah, it's not Dermot McDerm- Mulroney. McDerm- it Dermot is McDerm- Dylan McDermott, and he will be sixty years old. Uh, a Python, a legend, and Kevin Klein's Wanda co-star John Cleese will be eighty-two. Fuck yeah! A director of such greats as Ghostbusters, Dave, and Private Parts. Ivan Reitman will be 75. Yeah. A crazy Italian actor who Tommy first saw in Coffee and Cigarettes, Roberto Benini will be 69. Fuck yeah. Some have called him the Antichrist. He's really just a fortunate programmer. Bill Gates will be 66. Bill Gates. The uber-talented actor mentioned in a Cinema Polydiso two weeks ago, Joaquin Phoenix, will be 47. Fuck yeah. And we may or may not have seen him dining on... Uh, bacon. On, on, yeah, he was uh, eating bacon. On Vermont. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those rare <laughs> photographs. Uh, speaking of Ghostbusters, uh, what do you want? The lovely Annie Potts will be 69 years old. Ghostbusters, what do you want? Oh, that was her, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the people I'm about to uh, mention right now are dead. In fact, they're they're dead as fuck. But if they were alive... This They're is deader than shit. Well, that too. That's what I was hearing. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that too. <laughs> that too. Both. Both. But Colonel, if they were alive, this is how old they would be. Uh, actress and singer who spent some time with a mouse uh, and on the beach, Annette Funicello, would have been 79. Yeah. The long gone yet still undisputed king of late night, Nebraskan Johnny Carson, would have been 96. Fuck yeah. Did anyone else think it was strange that he worked for Dr. Shrinker? 
Billy Barty would have been 97. Fuck yeah. Uh, he liked his birthday, Mushy Mushy. Detective Nick Yamana, portrayer Jack Sue on the old Barney Miller show, would have been 104 years old. That Mushy Mushy episode is some top-notch television. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Uh, he produced little projects like, oh, Goldfinger. Harry Saltzman would have been 106. Old fucker. Old fucker. Comic dead book. fucker. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, old and dead. A comic book. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We we are all about respect here on EMR, aren't we? Well, here we are talking about about people who have dearly departed and their whole dead fuckers. <laughs> oh, my God. Again, no respect. Uh, oh, God, God help us if we don't end up on this list. Um, comic book artist and co-creator of The Dark Knight, Batman, Bob Kane. Ah. Bob Kane would have been 106. Fuck yeah. Kane. Kane is bugging me. Uh, cue ball head, big coat. Could light bulbs, uh, you know, he could light bulbs in his, you know, light bulbs. You know, like light bulbs, he could light them up in his mouth. You know the guy, Jackie Coogan. Fester. Yeah, Fester. He would have been 107. Old fuck. Old fucker. If you were on base... <laughs> If you were if you were on base, if you were on base and you needed psychiatric help, you could turn to this man, Hayden Rourke. If you were on a on an Air, Air Force, Force base, Rourke. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Hayden Rourke. You know, Mister Doctor Doctor Bellows. Yeah, Doctor Bellows. I dream of Genie. Genie. He would have been yeah. one hundred and eleven. Old fuck. That's an old fuck. Old That's fucker. Getting, getting up there, but he's not the oldest fucker on the list. No. Um, one of the lesser known Marx brothers. He's not related to Gumby. It's Gummo Marx, 129 years old. No, I, that not was, related was to Gumby. Gummo. Gummo. Th- that must be a fifth brother. Oh, Zeppo is the fifth one. With Jeff, Zeppo's the no, fourth. fourth one. You're right. The fourth one was Steve. Okay. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't Horace? It was Carl. Actually, Carl Marx was the fourth brother. Huh. Okay. But no, Gummo must be the fifth. But not related to Gumby. Not related to Gumby. No. You know, no. He's not even a little green ball of clay no uh this man apparently was never called an asshole hard to believe painter pablo picasso <laughs> would have been 140 fuck yeah that's an old fuck He's never called an asshole I, no even by the women that he okay no they loved him and the oldest the yeah, oldest did, yeah. the oldest motherfucker on this list he was once portrayed by robin williams and loved it 26th u.s president theodore roosevelt would have been 163 years old yeah that's an old fucker. Fuck yeah. Old some bitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Be sure to check us out on EmptyMindsRadio.com, the great internet archive at archive.org, or on Twitter and Facebook. Catch us through the RSS feed via your favorite podcast. Links to those are on every single page of our website. We're on RenegadeRadio.com. Renegade has two A's. Contact us via the contact. Or no, not the contact form. We don't use that anymore, do we, Paul? Not at all. I, I don't know. We don't. No, it never fucking works right. It's the EMRAssault at gmail.com. Latest 10 episodes are on Spotify. We are heading out the door. Colonel, you got anything you want to say in uh, in this process of going out the door? And I just think it's fantastic to see Arthur here and, and after all these years. So very, very uh, special night and, 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 a, and a great night. Fuck yeah. Polly Paul? Yeah, I would, I would just second that. I mean, I'm so glad you guys got to hang out together. And um, you live in the same region now, so it's important that you uh, basically, uh, I don't know, just do something together. I mean, you live in the same region now. They've lived in the same region the last 39 years. They haven't seen each other. What he said. Oh. But, but but now you got no excuse. I mean, yeah, now he, I have to get the particulars. Yeah. No. I mean, he. Now I got to get your particulars. He's very close to a very cool tiki bar. So, yeah. There you go. There you go. It is great seeing Arthur and, again after all these days. Now I've got now I've got uh, I've, I've got no excuse. I got to come back more often to to the Southland. Yeah, the smog you, you bowl. Be cut indeed. Yeah, yeah, be cut exactly. So anyway, glad to be here and glad you guys are here as well. 
sir any comments on the way out no it's always uh it's always a pleasure <clears throat> and an honor to be uh, in your company um uh, shooting the shit um remembering uh, remembering great times uh, great adventures and celebrating them with you once again well, celebrate good times come on yeah that's what french football okay. is excellent Nice to have met you this past week. Nice to have you here. Thanks for coming by, especially last minute. Colonel, great to have you live in person. Colonel's on every week, yeah, of course. Great, but he's, to, great to see you in Vegas, and thanks for letting us um, you know, crash at your pad yeah, and yeah, it, celebrate your anniversary with you and the whole damn thing. Yeah, that's right. That's Boy, right. that's memorable for, for, for the wife. Oh, those two big, those two big lugs, those two big frickin' bespectacled for us. Yeah, go ahead and smoke your cigars. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Uh, those big four-eyed fuckers. <laughs> the big four-eyed fuckers. Yes, indeed. All right, my mic is turning. That means it's time to go. Okay. Uh, for Empty Minds Radio, Arthur, the Colonel. I'm Tom. I'm Paulie. And until next week, peace, bitches. Ow, my head.